0: It's the most wonderful time of the
1: year G1 Climax 28!
2: Hello and welcome to the Indy Corners G1 coverage, this is episode 4 and we've made it guys, uh, I'm Benno, I'm here with Joe and JP, we made it to the end of uh, another G1, uh, it's been a fun few weeks but uh, I'm glad we finally got here, how are you both and uh, how are you holding up after uh, I believe it's is it 90 matches that we've, uh, we've seen all together?
1: I think you have, I haven't seen quite that many, you've braved it more than me, Benno, so fair play to you, mate. Oh,
2: I did, I think there was, actually, I think it's, is it 91, something like that, and I think there is, I realised yeah. there was like a Makabe evil match in week one, where we were about to record, and I think I didn't have enough time to get round to watch it, so I think that's my one miss. I can't say I'm going to go back and watch it again. Um, how did you get on, JP? Did you see my, pretty much all of it?
0: I'm I'm trying to think there was about I think there's about four matches I didn't see. Really? I yeah. Bloody yeah. Yeah, even three or four and they were A block like undercar it, it might have been like I don't know, Maccabi Yoshi. I know I watched Maccabi Yoshi actually.
1: <laughs> they all uh, blend into one they another. They
2: do. <laughs> I've gone
1: mad. I can't remember anymore. I didn't watch a Maccabe block match i'm quite proud of that i think that's
2: quite f- a i think that's fair i did the poll on the indie corner account asking what matches uh people have mainly skipped and i just yoshihashi is such a non-entity that i forgot to even put him in the list uh and i got a lot of right-in votes for that i think he's well he's up there he's one of those people where yeah it never feels consequential same with Macabe really i probably could have saved myself some sanity if mm-hmm. i skipped a few more of them
1: yeah, a bit of time as well, you know. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I didn't didn't commit to Machabe. He's well past his best. I watched the first Machabe match. I'd watched probably in a couple of years yesterday with that mm. Honda Tanahashi six man.
2: Oh, you have got to watch it to see uh Homer making his return. That's a that's a that's yeah. a good exception to make. I yeah. think. Um, Absolutely. Have you both been this weekend? It's only been a couple of days since we recorded. Don't expect to be any oh. huge news. The uh, the Premier League started again. Uh, both of your yeah. teams play today. Uh, have you been in the pub?
0: Well, in the end, we ended up watching it at mine. Sort of following on from so G one leading into Southampton Burnley. Good nil nil that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a chip to Tesco's to buy some stuff for burger and chips for me, Joe, and my two lads. And then Arsenal, Man City. And it was it was pretty comprehensive, all very depressing and completely expected. But it's Man City on the opening day. They're still very good. It's but I'm not happy about it and I probably won't watch match of the day too.
2: <laughs> no,
1: I went to a Forest Green Rovers match yesterday, which was a nice. lot more fun.
2: Yeah, S- support. Do you, do you go to those matches often? Is it like a, you, like going to the the non league stuff?
1: Um, it's League Two, but oh. they're, they're a club that really shouldn't be in League Two. I mean, look at their infrastructure, it's tiny, playing Oldham, uh, one all draw. They're the first vegan club in the you in the world, I think. Very odd place, really odd. Um, vegan club Sorry. is
2: that a thing? How's that work?
1: Oh yeah. yeah, not a very vegan crowd, I'll say that, but the <laughs> owner, I'm sure, is a uh, committed vegan, and I had a couple of samosas and a, some sort of Indian vegan burger at the game, which I've got to say it was cracking, I was loving that, 50p <laughs> for a bottle of water as well, uh, locally sourced beers on tap, they're like the Cotswolds equivalent of Dulwich Hamlet, I suppose, if yeah. you know them, um, but Everton got off to a slightly better start than... Uh, well I suppose that's a slightly better start to all draw at Wolves oh, wasn't it
2: not too bad when you get a man sent off uh, yeah, I think yeah good to see Richarlison scoring goals I've got him in my fancy football team as well that's a a big thing that's going to take over from a G, G1 Pickhams. that's kind of my little <laughs> obsession uh, I haven't got any Arsenal players though uh, JP uh, wouldn't blame I've got Ben Narek he he's a Southampton player isn't he he's in my team uh, Ben Narek yeah
1: Polish yeah. Yeah. guy yeah, yeah, yeah he was alright towards the end of last season
2: Fair enough, yeah. I think that's why, why I had an eye on him, but yeah, I don't think he, he didn't I do he even played, but yeah, doing well in that. And there's a there's a Brit like- Res League as well, I think that I'm uh, doing okay and good start. <laughs> Better than
1: the uh, Pickums, Pickhams, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean JP, oh. do you want to go into that now or do you want to go into it at the end?
0: Oh well I suppose we we might as well go into it now. <laughs> um I've I've had a look. It is it's it's not good. Um I went from first to 470th my word now like i love i'm an arsenal fan so i'm quite used to mad collapses but there's normally a bit where i rally not in this one i showed pure relegation (laughs) form. i don't know if i'll have me in it next year yeah absolutely awful in the end i think uh, Um,
2: sam did well though didn't he joe's brother in in the voices one he was i noticed his name was near the top do you know where he finished let's have a
1: look go to the top he was... He finished 14th, but... joint. It's joint, so it's number one, and then there's number two. Then there's a couple of people on three. Then there's a load of number five. So he's technically sixth. That's so he's sixth. Yeah. That's so I'll tough. tell you what, if anyone wants to, you know, give uh, us a stick for our booking <laughs> and our booking suggestions on this podcast, uh, Sam Lemon, my brother... Sick from the Pickums. That man knows how to book. And that, <laughs> Southampton ghetto. And that man has had many a booking conversation with myself <laughs> over the years. So you know, <laughs> I like to. I like to think that we would do a good job. You got to give him the pen, though, haven't you? Wow, booking brothers. <laughs> has there been a brother booking committee before? It must have been trying to think are
2: yeah,
0: actually brothers aren't they really not by blood
2: no. it's <laughs> like obvious. a one two combo I could join you as well I did alright in the in the post pick I, yeah. I was like JP at one point I was a top I pretty much fell down they described me on the post podcast as being like Omega with the hot start and that. And then they kind of flame out at the end I'll take that comparison to be honest. but I think I was <laughs> I'm technically like joint 20th, but I think if you actually look at the amount of people who got the same points as me, I'm pretty far down the list uh, but it, it could have gone worse I'll, I'll take that.
0: but to give you give you confirmation on how you did in the voices of wrestling pick oh, you were you were joint 707th.
2: <laughs> so nice. you did have
0: a be- a better finish at the end.
2: How many are there uh. altogether?
0: There were 755.
2: Okay. I'm in the very, very bottom tier. But I'm not last, so I'm pretty sure there was a year where I finished close avoided to
0: relegation
2: there you go i'll take that i can come <laughs> back next year and try again i think my my tactic of uh doing completely different choices in both didn't really pay off uh i don't know what i'll do next year what's your tactic going to be ne- next year jp you're going to try and uh game the system oh, again oh, oh. or i think i just need to be, put a bit more my voices one was just it was more off the top of my head i need to put a bit more thought into it next time
0: oh yeah uh, when i looked at some of the choice i made here at the end i was like why did i do that that was just dumb and yeah, yeah he just no one picked went, Tanahashi, though, did cause they? Because they got the final wrong, and mm. that's it. You go from that, you're like, well, you're pretty much stitched up in that case. So, I don't think I got it wrong more as Ghetto got it wrong.
1: <laughs> go with my suggestion. <laughs> Sam got it right. <laughs> Almost. He did, didn't he? Did he go with Tanahashi? Uh, no, I think he went He went with Bushi losing to a card yeah, in it. the final.
2: Uh, close, close. Yeah, I don't think many people went with Tanahashi. I think I, I saw a stat about that. Like, just nobody saw it coming, and I just there was, wasn't even a consideration for me going in. It probably should have been because you look at that A block and there's Okada, there's Tanahashi, and there wasn't much depth underneath. Uh, I think we all just kind of thought, well, it must be Okada. It must be some kind of redemption there. But, yeah, they, they turned it on its head. And by the end of the tournament, I, I couldn't really complain. I, I don't think I'd, I would have gone in hoping for a Tanahashi win. But by the end of it, I think it was uh, kind of inspired. If you There's only so many years left with Tanahashi, and he is on the downswing, but... He can still go, as we found out over these uh, these last three days that we're going to talk about.
1: Oh, he's been incredible, hasn't he? I think he's had a yeah. quite an underrated tournament overall, to be honest with you. And the last couple of days, my God, this man he's still one of the top three wrestlers in the world, if you ask me, at this point in time. Unbelievable performances.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs>
1: really is. I mean, yeah, if you'd said Tanahashi
0: winning like would i have been enthused about it just got and spoiled it for anyone who didn't know listening to oh this? come on yeah they <laughs> I
2: got, I got you some, should be watching why would you listen to i got this some kickback day? on the on twitter today i was doing a tweet on the in the corner about how that we had this podcast coming up to the nice big picture of tanahashi i'm pretty sure i tweeted it out about five hours after the show started and about five hours after the show finished i had somebody complaining that it was a spoiler i mean my, my heart, i mean it's I'm sympathetic to people. There was a point, wasn't there, where um, after the, the B-Block final, New Japan World itself was spoiling uh, the result of that match with a big yeah. banner advertising the final on the website. I've got sympathy for those people. Uh, and I tried to... Yes, yeah, I think I sent you a link, didn't I, Joe, to stop you going on that yeah, main page? appreciate But I think that's, you can complain about that. But yeah, if, if you go on Twitter, day after a WWE pay-per-view, day of a New Japan show... You're just asking for trouble unless you mute every possible word or permutation that uh, somebody could tweet about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I just avoid going on social media if there's something I want to avoid a spoiler for at this point in time. It's not hard to do. Like It's really no. quite easy to be able to avoid social media for a little bit. Sometimes I've accidentally found myself clicking onto Twitter And then spoiling UFC results of myself before I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Because I just forgot about the show, even though it was probably, you know, downloading. Oh, oops. At that point in time. Joe Uh, Breaks the
2: Law, episode four. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like. I, I, I always think, because I'm always scared, I'm going to do that. I'm going to load up Twitter. I'm going to load up Facebook. There's been times where if I'm so desperate not to find out about it, I'll just inst- uninstall the app from my phone and just avoid that uh, and avoid all people as well. That was a, I remember being in school, that being a big thing where people would oh literally God. try and ruin it for you on purpose. At least we haven't got to worry about that. It's just It's just social media you've got to keep an eye out for. Who
1: were those dickheads, though, that used... They weren't wrestling fans. They'd get up in the morning, they'd run the tape forward, they'd watch every single result and go into school gloating. (laughs) I used to get stuff spoiled for me every fucking month, and I'm still bitter. I'm still angry. (laughs) There was one month. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'll tell it anyway. Anyway vengeance 2001 when jericho won the undisputed title um i was one of very few people at school still watching wrestling at that point in time but there was some dickhead that would always spoil it for me in my english class on a monday morning spoiled the end of the, the uh, survivor series invasion match the month before i remember so i bunked off english went and sat in a toilet reading world soccer for an entire english lesson the only lesson i ever bunked when i was at school managed to get through school without getting a spoil it was like yes here we go when, got home from school I remember me and my dad went to Curry's or Dixon's or somewhere he was looking at a new TV me and Sam playing on one of the Playstations in there these two guys walk past us just go oh you can't believe Jericho won do you believe it's champion it's like oh fucking hell like, I've, I've bunked a lesson for the first time in my life got in trouble for it just to avoid the result of this like I just won't go out the day after pay per
2: views <laughs>
0: I'd say with all the chat of kind of spoilers, I made that mistake of just not really thinking about it and glimpsing uh, an image from the final today, which was, yeah, it was Tanner on Shibata's shoulders. And I thought, I'd like to think he's possibly doing that in defeat, but I, but, and I,
1: can't, I can't unforget this.
0: It's like one. He's a good lad. Lift him up, like <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe some back. Maybe he walked him in there into the ring. Maybe they like were that. doing that CCK double team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you do, I you, saw tri- that. So you think, stay
0: away. I was an idiot. It's like stay away. He didn't ruin the enjoyment of the of the actual final as well. Spoiler alert: it was good. <laughs> you know, um, the, yeah. the the so you know I managed. To like enjoy it regardless, but I didn't want to say anything. And I couldn't obviously say a word to Joe about it as well, because that really would have been a dick move, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that is a killer. But yeah, I was just about to say that the things you do to try and the mental gymnastics you'll do when you see a spoiler to just think well, well, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I remember there was like a there was a raw where like in the in the mid nineties, I think I'd saw a clip of like Yokozuna uh pinning Shawn Michaels with like this with the bonsai drop and I just remember as a kid thinking oh it's fine. It was probably just a kick out. It was never a kick out. You can't there's no way you're actually <laughs> getting out of that move at any point. And you just you try and do these mental gymnastics, don't you? To try and at least give yourself suspension of disbelief. I think that's yeah. But the thing is I suppose uh, you know we watch a lot of British wrestling. The majority of unless we're there live at the show, the majority of the stuff we watch is taped, isn't it? And you if mm. if the match oh, is done yeah. well enough then it doesn't really matter does it you kind of if if i think that's always a big compliment i'll give a match if i know the result going in but they still manage to pull me into the match while i'm watching it i think that that just says everything doesn't it
1: absolutely yeah and i don't understand how people in this current climate can get like annoyed about progress spoilers for example like you have to wait a week for the show to come out like it's really hard to avoid spoilers if you're living in that kind of Rit rest bubble on twitter and all the rest of it at this point in time um i think we i've just learned to live with it really it's just something that's going to happen for that standard of show it's just the big new japan shows that i really or say like ufc mma Mm. stuff i just don't want spoilers for if i can help it going in no fair enough the
2: rumble oh yeah
1: spoilers spoilers for the rumble i think is he's kind of criminal I, i have
0: to avoid that (laughs)
2: Yeah, the big shows, they're the ones to uh, to avoid it for. Um, But yeah, we'll get to the the Tanahashi uh, Abushi match in a little while in a bit more detail, but let's go through. We've, uh, over the past three weeks recap the uh the weeks in general we'll talk about the important matches and the important points of each, each week this uh week four podcast we've only got three days to talk about the a block final day the b block final day and the g1 final and really we're going to save most of our, our voices and most of our talk for for those big matches the the big final mm. matches and that's kind of my, my first talking point really if we start at the uh we're talking tanahashi the, the a block final day day 17 uh, it was him and okada um we'll get into how great that match was in a moment because I think we'll be gushing about matches a lot on this podcast, but does the scheduling of the way that they put these G1s together, the fact that Okada Tanahashi is the main event on the last A block day and Omega Ibushi is the main event on the last B block day, does that give things away a little bit? Uh, Again, I think we... We do mental gymnastics in in just doing the pickums. I kind of tried to thought, well, there's no way that it's going to be as obvious as it coming down to the two of them for the B block. I was thinking, well, maybe Nito's going to be still alive, and it, it mm. turned out he kind of was, but yeah, he wasn't by the time the match happened. Uh, just do think it hurts at all? I mean, I suppose it's uh, it's unavoidable, isn't it? If they want to try and sell out the, these big shows, uh, then they've got to have big matches, and the the big matches are almost certainly going to be between the the two big uh, stars, like they were in the A block. Here. With a Carter and Tanahashi,
0: it hurts for the A block, but I don't think it hurts as much for the B block because the B block and the way it finished up with a four-way tie, that those four were all credible going in to the in the situation that it was. So I don't think it affected the B block. You you know who the final few are going to be generally. Um, I think the issue is in the A block where you had the kind of one that was that was the, the semi-main, you had Evil and Jay White, mm. and that is something where you think, uh, oh, okay, it might have some significance and some meaning, but I never, well, personally, I never thought Jay White was going to make it to, through to the through to the final. And thank God he didn't. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we were more scared about it than, than realistically thought it was a possibility, yeah. but he definitely did stronger than I could have imagined. Um, but yeah, I think the top heaviness of this A block kind of necessitated, didn't it? You've got to, there wasn't another match that you could have a headline rather than a card of Tanahashi on the final day. I don't think you could have really done it in any other way. So we kind of, I think that's it. We kind of forgive them a little bit for that. Don't we? And just think, Oh, well, it's, it's, it it seems pretty much obvious, but you never know. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt and see if things really do turn out that way. But yeah, for the A block, I don't think they had a huge amount of choice.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think it hurt at all. If I'm honest with you Um, it, look at the reaction of the building mm. uh, do you know who do you know to, who would think oh this might hurt it like we need to throw a swerve in there that lot that rabble is shite <laughs> like at the end of the day sometimes yeah. a bit of predictability is fine mm. and the fans bought into it and it, they knew what the fans wanted they knew what that fan base wanted on that day and they kind of gave them what they wanted. Look at the reactions both of those semi-final well, I say semi-finals, both of the final matches on those days were getting, mm. you know, it's
2: incredible
1: yeah. atmosphere, incredible match, high stakes, kind of winner takes all in both situation really. I thought it made I thought actually having Zach go over Nighter, for example, meant the final, meant that little bit more because there wasn't yeah. that unpredictability. Yeah. But then, you know, you've got the go getting there uh, a couple of years ago because Tanahashi and Akada drew. So there are ways around it still as well. I just don't think I think overthinking booking so so that you throw off fans isn't healthy Mm. a lot of the time. And I think there's so much of that in wrestling. I think WWE underthink and overthink the wrong things constantly. Mm. Whereas I think new Japan strike a balance where they do quite simple booking. They do simple booking well, but they also do layered booking where the layers are there for a payoff down the line that ultimately makes you feel, kind of fulfilled for investing in that booking whereas i don't feel i I never i almost never feel ripped off by a new japan card whereas for the last i don't know few years i watched wwe i constantly felt annoyed after watching their shows so (laughs) there's a real difference there
2: i think definitely yeah and i think you again new japan reward their fans as well they're not going to Mess it, you, you, apart from maybe some of the ridiculous uh, firing squad stuff, uh, they're going to reward the fans with a, with a match that pays off old stories and rewards you for being a long term fan and also is always going to be logical as well. I mean, the so-called the Tanahashi match, JP, I mean, I don't know where you'd say it, it fell in, in, in their canon as far as matches go. I think it was, it was up there as a, for me, as a really strong, um, demonstration of of what those two do together it was kind of a lot of greatest hits in there a lot of counters and the counters always make sense it's always i mean tanahashi knows okada so well that of course he's going to have a a counter to okada going for a rainmaker of course he's going to be able to maneuver into a into a high fly flow or maneuver into something else just yeah the, the the two men who've just got so much chemistry. There's so much layer, many layers of story there. And again, they had a another time limit draw, uh, which maybe again might have been predictable going in, but just again makes so much sense with their story. Makes sense with the fact that these are maybe Okada's slipping a little bit. He's been beaten to Tanahashi the last couple of times out. Um, that mm. ties into his story as well. Um, but it makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? For for thirty minutes, maybe not being quite enough for these two.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm kind of happy with that because it kind of shows Akada has slipped but not it's not kind of like he's fallen off a cliff necessarily but he's definitely sort of slipped from what was feeling like a comprehensive victory over Tanahashi at what was that show was it wrestling Dontaku mm. I'm trying to think of, of uh, yeah
1: it was the May show wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was the I one don't... before Omega and it was before um Dominion yeah so it was a slip, but it didn't feel
0: like a kind of catastrophic um, slip for Okada. Although it was very clear by the end of the match that Tanahashi was in the ascendancy, and that if it was going to go another minute or so, that that Tanahashi would have beaten him. He looked like he was on his way to getting the other high five phone. I kind of liked the ragged nature of where the time limit draw happened; that it didn't happen in this kind of perfectly choreographed place.
2: I wondered about very- that. Yeah, I was wondering whether that was badly timed or do you think that was on purpose the fact that it kind of happened as Leto card okada kick out to one high five flow and he's going back up top for the second one
0: yeah i think so i think that that was kind of it Cause it looked like card was quite near the ropes regardless yeah, i think of...
1: it protects okada slightly as yeah. well doesn't it because mm-hmm. I, I think the commentary he's lost something but he's still protected yeah i think the commentary was great throughout Mm. the match and it really uh, i think when kevin kelly said the shortest match they've ever had went 23 minutes and that was their first match in 2012 so there's almost this uh it almost sets the scene of the fact that you know these matches are never short matches their last two g1 matches have been draws so it kind of gives it that extra bit of oomph. and you you don't know what's going to happen with a card if he does go you know when he does try to hit that second high fly flow i think also not having tanahashi beat okada was a really smart move because mm. i think we're at a point where okada should never be beaten by tanahashi again i think i would return to the match next year potentially at g1 and have okada finally beat tanahashi at about the 29 minute mark or something like that almost to round out a story because that's three matches in g1 isn't it that have all gone half an hour at this point in time so mm. i thought that you made tanahashi look great while also protecting Akada to some extent in there as well which was a good move forward i thought
2: Definitely, yeah. I mean, where would you go from like a, a star point of view on this one? I hear people talking about this as their match of the tournament. It didn't get much traction on our indie Corner polls that we'll go in, into at the end. I didn't feel that strongly on it. I kind of thought it was a, a great exhibition of what the two of them can do. Very much a, a selling ex- exhibition with maybe Tanahashi turning the... He obviously had the bad leg, but he kind of went after Okada's leg and turned turned that story on its head. And there was a lot of really good, subtle stuff and a lot of callbacks, as we just said, and a, a great way yeah. of playing the clock out. But I, I don't think, I mean, as strong as it was, maybe this says everything about the G1, but I don't think I, I'd personally have it up there with the, my best matches of the tournament. I don't know if you, you two have got a, a further mileage on that.
0: I don't, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have it in... I don't know if I'll have it in my top three, Mm. to be honest. And I really liked this and I really enjoyed it because a a Tanahashi Okada match to me always still feels big. Mm. It's probably like, this is the feud that effectively drew people in, in a kind of really big way. So there's an element of real nostalgia I have for it as well. And I always enjoy it. It never, I mean, obviously with Tanahashi, there is the way that he compensates for the kind of decreased mobility. And, Lack of agility that he has about him these days is absolutely incredible. But I think I still think that kind of plays into it. I mean, I, I'd be thinking of Ishii matches yeah. as almost my one, two, and three. Um, uh, so that that's kind of where where I stand with it. But yeah, like you, love the callback, callbacks. Callbacks. Um, I like the kind of tombstone kind of exchange almost, like pulling away from each other. Um, there's so much about this match they work so well together and like, like both of you said it's so layered mm. everything it feels you know to the to the show it's all callbacks to even when okada first won the belt mm. you know it goes back that far and here his counters for the rainmaker
1: um yeah oh, they're a different level that they one really is the were. small pack. Into it's, the small package, popped me in a oh, big, yeah. big way. Yeah, I thought that was great. I thought Tanahashi orchestrated and structured an incredible match here. For me, this is definitely top five. Uh, I've just looked at my G, my matches of the year, and I've got it, uh, as far as G1 matches go, number four. Mm, um, I think that's fair play. So... That's, that's fair. I thought in terms of what it had that say some of the Ishii matches didn't have and I love those Ishii matches but I thought this was pure emotion mm. like pure emotion from the crowd and Tanahashi's part I think I've probably got some bias mm. to the Budokan Hall setting and the crowd noise as well because it just reminded me of the emotion you'd get from an all japan crowd in one of those 90s matches as well to some extent and when you've got one of these japanese crowds with their pure emotion on the side of that japanese uh, of that uh you know home guy i think it adds so much to the match as well and tanahashi was the guy they really bought into here it was almost like wanting to see that hero they thought was past it get that one last win and progress once more and yeah i was going crazy for this match at different points in time I thought it was actually very different to any other match we saw throughout the tournament as well like the Ishii matches that are hard hitting
2: mm-hmm. they're
1: incredible we had some incredible Ishi matches throughout the tournament the pure athleticism of the Omega and the Naito matches but this had that extra layer of emotion that I think we got our final three matches if anything we didn't get from any of the block matches necessarily like mm-hmm. the regular block matches on the regular days. so I think from an emotional point of view and it feeling like an occasion and a massive match mm. for me. It tipped it over the edge. Do you think that's because it was a Budokan? To uh, to some extent, and the fact that it was again, yeah, to some extent, and I think it was also because it's a, to gain a place in the final, and it's between two wrestlers. Like this has probably been the feud of you know the last, of the of twenty first century, let's just say, yeah, um, especially in Japan. And I think it's seeing those guys together is always special, mm-hmm. and seeing them in a setting that we've never seen them in before in Budokan. Is something that's really special and something to really savour. And we don't know how many more times we're gonna see this match. It's almost like the say the flare steamboat of their generation, I find. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Yeah. And we shouldn't take it for granted. Yeah. I think I did see some people kind of groaning that we were getting it again, but the G one's the perfect time to do it. And also, yeah, like you said, how many more of these are we gonna get? So we shouldn't be ungrateful that we're getting them, and we shouldn't be ungrateful that we're getting storytelling on this level that maybe we didn't see elsewhere in the tournament over the last few days. Maybe that explains why so many people had it so highly rated. Even if maybe I wouldn't go go the full uh, five stars with it, uh, it was still a, a really memorable match. And yeah, just uh, it's great that they can go back to the well with this match. And okay, maybe it didn't sell out Budokan, but it's still a very very important match. And you can you can tell that from the the reactions in the building as well. Um, oh,
1: absolutely.
2: As far as this day seventeen goes, I mean, there isn't much—a huge amount else to talk about. We're kind of it. We've gotten to the point really in the tournament. This is the final day, so there's dregs in the tournament and matches that are happening for the sake of matches. I mean, maybe just to capture thoughts on a couple of guys' tournaments as a whole, or if you do have anything to say <laughs> on matches. Uh, obviously, there was the Jay White and Evil match, which again, you know, Jay White was still alive for the match. I was a little bit surprised they they didn't keep him in, but obviously. Uh, I think it 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 was a whether we're not huge fans of the character as a whole i think i would say uh to Mm. speak across from the three of us but i do think from a booking point of view they gave jay white a lot through this tournament and i think uh yeah even the biggest jay white's fans in the world won't be disappointed with his standing in this tournament the fact that he was in the mix on the last day um an okay match with evil a lot of the trolling with the commentator stuff that he's been doing a lot of the evil chair stuff in there not a huge amount to write home about i mean uh any further comments on uh, on Jay White or on Evil's tournament as a whole?
1: Um, I wasn't surprised that he lost because I think Okada would have been out of the running if Jay White had of won. Mm. So I wasn't too shocked over that. It probably that isn't out. as
2: believable then, is it, that 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 uh, that you think that Tanahashi is going to lose at that point? I think we'd all would have known, wouldn't we? I think with Okada yeah. being alive, we all kind of believed a bit more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really hope that... Uh, this Jay White performance isn't overrated for what it was because he is a guy who's what, four or five years in, who's fine, but still has a way to go and isn't on the level of say, you know, Ospreay's five years in. Look at he's ten times the rest of Jay White. Look at Matt Riddle, three years in. Mm. I, I'd much rather see Matt Riddle matches in this position. I think he, he's there to cope with the position, to be honest. Jay White isn't at that level yet. I'm hoping that I don't know a few adaptions are made maybe with this character because I can't ever see him being able to get me on side personally while he continues portraying this character because to me it's a massive distraction from the actual ring work itself. I don't know whether or not he'll crack through ultimately with this character or how it needs to be tweaked in a certain way, but
0: I think there's going to be i mean as with new as with all sort of new japan booking of that kind of young talent, you kind of expect them to be able to turn it around I always think of my own reactions to Naito initially as being bland
1: I don't think dist- Jay White's getting I know the, he's not- uh, sort of dogs abuse that Naito got at that point though Do you know what no I mean? no he got
0: dogs abuse for
1: that and Naito he? was a few more years in than Jay I White think,
0: was I think with what Jay White needs is a couple of years kind of a, an up like they're gonna have him at an upper mid card level but sort of he needs to be having time to grow into the role mm. and that's not what happened my kind of fear is this is, is are they going to end up leading to a Jay White a carder a series for like control of chaos because I think some of that stuff I wouldn't be necessarily keen on that as being a use for a card or at Wrestle Kingdom I, mean, I know we're probably going to talk about how this all affects the Wrestle Kingdom card and what positions we might think people are going to be in for it. It, it they got Jay White to the place where they want him to be whether or not he should be there I don't think so not at this stage. Mm.
2: I think with me, I think he, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the character still, but I, I do think in the last few days, I think as we yeah. talked about on the last show, I think some of the, the matches where he got to be, as we talked about, you know, more of a, a chicken shit heel, you know, running away yeah. from a, a macabre or being very much a young boy in in the presence of Minoru Suzuki. That's kind of my preferred slotting of him and we talked a lot over the podcasts about my particular conspiracy theory about him taking over the Tongans and that hasn't come to pass uh, at least yet um, and maybe I'm glad it didn't. Maybe, uh, maybe I think leading a stable... Is not the role that I want Jay White in right now. Um, I'm not. I would entirely rule out him making this character work. There's people who, who seem to people whose opinion and respect. There's a lot of people out there who who are really into the character at this point. I'm still not sold, but I would say, and yeah, in the last few days or so, um, and partly this match included, there were things that I saw in Jay White that I thought I did. I did like, and I did think that you know, there's mm-hmm. definitely every possibility that even though the character is you know a bit b movie um he is very much the uh, high school shooter as we talked about him in the last few weeks i do think there's somewhat of a hope there for him um but i don't know maybe i'm being overconfident
0: i think this like there's always little things that you can like about him but really the question is is it new japan headliner mm. level and it's it, oh, it's it not isn't close yeah. not close and and that's kind of the level that they're trying to put him into mm. because- his main events i was gonna i was gonna mention about the Akada ghetto sp- oh, yeah. split as well um that with that happening it makes me think like they're gonna uh, they're gonna start going down this this chaos implosion route which is the thing that you know with him possibly leading chaos and you're like oh god that could be a really painful time mm.
1: yeah i wonder if ghetto goes off with jay white maybe and he makes the same approach that he's with this young upstart and we see the the gradual build that they did. Well, I say gradual, almost instant build they did with ICADA, mm. um, previously in 2012. So maybe that's the approach here. Who knows? We'll
2: see. Time or tell. Indeed. I mean, I suppose also while we're talking about the, again, not a huge amount of notable things on the undercard on this first A-block <laughs> day, but I'm a match I do want to point out just because it kind of pointed out the difference in fortune. It does tie into that JY conversation. Hangman Page, he's someone who I think people have come out of this tournament uh, a lot higher on. He had a match with Yoshihashi, and I just thought it was notable because it was kind of like... Uh, even the commentary pointed out the difference in stock of these two dudes yoshihashi after being in one too many g1s now his stock very much see it feels like it's falling whereas hangman page seems to be on the rise i was surprised this day was kind of a lot of putting over the the native talent i don't know what that says about uh, maybe still uh, the new japan mentality but it didn't matter a huge amount to, to hangman page to to lose to, to yoshihashi here he looked good his moves are getting over he hit maybe the best version that's uh shoot and start press to the outside not usually a huge fan about it doesn't always have the best impact but it had some great impact here um he looked he, he got to look good it didn't matter in the in the in the grand scheme of things that he lost uh, uh again i do think a, a really good tournament for handman page and a not so great tournament for yoshihashi
1: yeah he's been great i've really enjoyed him the entire tournament that okada match is, uh you know one of my favourite matches in the tournament, just from a fun standpoint, and from the fact that it made someone like a card. Mm. Really made Page in that match, if anything. Interesting, you mentioned that shooting star press. Mm. It was like a shooting star, uh, almost like a diving shooting star press shoulder block, if anything, mm. with the way he made concept. It looked great. I loved that move.
2: Yeah, it's kind of the best I've seen it look. Sometimes it's too much of a shoulder block for me and it, it kind of grazes them a bit, but yeah, it was kind of mm-hmm. full impact on, on this match. Oh, there was that there was that spot before mentioning spots, that spot with the uh, he was going for the right to passage and Yoshihashi hit a Canadian destroyer. That was kind of, I don't know, I really enjoyed that. Actually, uh, a sleeper. Solid little match, and that's what Hanwan Page has been doing all tournaments.
0: Yeah, it, although, I mean, at the end of it, it was really weird. The commentators were openly talking about whether Yoshihashi should be in next year's tournament, yeah, which is a quite, yeah. which actually, to give them credit as commentators, you kind of like them to say stuff like that every once in a while to sort of, you know, be a bit more sort of open arse not try and oversell things to the audience. So I was kind of glad. That, that they had said that. I think with Yoshihashi, he needs to be in a tag team. He yeah, needs to be definitely. kind of out of that singles division. He's, he's not going anywhere there. He's not good enough to stand out by himself. Maybe within a tag team. I don't know who with, though. Nothing um, obvious springs to
1: mind. No, I think Rocky Romero has buried Yoshihashi <laughs> yeah. on coverage. Yeah. Throughout the entire tournament, it's really quite interesting to be honest. Maybe a bit of an insight into. I don't know backstage goings on at New Japan, but I sort of wonder whether the comment the British, the British, the English language commentators just have kind of free reign and not a lot of direction they do a great they've done a great job for up at all and i've got to say i've been really impressed yeah. with the chemistry between kelly and romero and romero gives an insight that much as i like Callis, he hasn't previously given about um relationships with wrestlers and all the rest of it so yeah, yeah it's interesting hearing romero talking about Yoshihashi.
2: definitely yeah and i think uh, Callis is just a nose on the commentary while we're there Callis mm. is kind of I think he's a better heel commentator or a better commentator in general than Rocky, but I think yeah, he's very sticky, isn't he? And you can tell when he's trying to cover over maybe bits of New Japan knowledge that he doesn't have. And although he's maybe technically better at the job, I think Rocky just he just fits the product better, doesn't he? There's more of a pure sports feel with Rocky Romero and commentary, and yeah. a more, he's got that in depth knowledge in New Japan, hasn't he? I think he's he's been a bit of a revelation. I hope they they keep him in this role going forward.
0: That's it. He's one of the most valuable people they have in the company. If they're talking about a Western expansion, because what he's involved in training, Mm. I imagine to a degree he's involved in getting Western talent in. Talent agent, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's been their sort of point man in LA for quite a while, and he's he adds on commentary. He's good in the ring. And, you know, he has the kind of credibility, his role with Show and Yo in terms of helping them get over to an audience. All of these kind of things, he's really valuable. Does some music. Yeah, does some music as well. <laughs> and appears on Being the Elite. I don't know if the bloke even has time to sleep. <laughs> um, but he has been he has been really impressed. And I, I, and I agree with um, what you said about um, Don Callis as well. Chris Charlton in the Mike Tanay role of as well as being able to translate, but giving like the historical context mm. has been absolutely like, he, he's just been a, like a real catch. And that's not a slight on Django, you know, the, the bloke was there for translating, you know, whereas but Chris, Charlton's got the knowledge. And Charlton's got the knowledge. Yeah. And he, you know he's written two and you can excellent tell, books on Japanese wrestling. You can tell Charlton's just loving being there oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like,
2: it's kind of, t- of theme. There's times, there's nowhere. It's kind of like I worry about: is he going to step over the line and you know not <laughs> let Kelly and Romero breathe? But he does seem to to pick his spots well, doesn't he? He'll get in there with yeah. a historical fact or a bit of a, a dramatic line in there or just the translations. I think they've got a got a really really good thing going there. Poor Django, I think he's probably out of a job after this weekend. But uh, yeah, Chris Charlton really uh, did the service and and really added to that commentary team.
0: I was going to say one last thing with Charlie when he when he tends to speak it's always as the wrestlers are kind of just about to get into the ring mm-hmm. so they've had the time to the walk down the aisle so he leave he, he allows Kelly and Romero to kind of get their stuff in and then he adds to it and then he's Kind of virtually silent throughout the match, pretty much. Which mm-hmm. is he knows how to, he knows how to let the other commentators breathe and do their
2: work. Definitely. um Before we move on to the B block final day, any last thoughts on the A block? I mean, the other two matches were Mcabee Elgin, which was a big lads dropping bombs match, and a Suzuki Farley match, which was the match that you would expect that to be. Any thoughts on those four dudes or the A block as a whole?
0: Well, to say in terms of the A block guys. Um... Elgin had a good tournament. He managed to sort of quietly have a good tournament. It was never anything that was kind of being shouted from the roof rooftops. And he had some very good matches in there consistently. Um, in terms of Suzuki, I want to say I feel like it's somewhat of a disappointing tournament for Suzuki in a way. Yeah. And I don't know whether or not it's because... When he comes out, that new music doesn't feel special. I don't know whether or not that plays anything to do with it with me. Psychologically, I'm less enthusiastic about it than what I would be. Um, uh, Farley, I'll be honest, Farley, I don't really want to talk about him. Like He was just part of an elongated angle (laughs) that I wasn't a fan of from from the beginning. So I don't even really want to waste time on him other than... There, there are times I get kind of think, ah, oh, Farley can have that kind of good match like he did with Akada during Akada's reign. But for the most part, I do wonder has he regressed at points? Like it's it's difficult. And I suppose hanging around with Tamatonga that feels sadly inevitable that you would end up regressing over time. Um, mm. So for Farley, it, it wasn't
2: like it was a good tournament. He was just part of an angle the entire way through. He, he's been talking on his Facebook and his Twitter like it was the best tournament he's ever been a part of. I, I bet I bet it is for him, because yeah. I don't think he lost the match all tournaments. There was a lot of DQs in there. I don't think he took yeah. any bumps. He wasn't out there trying to... Okada and Tanahashi tried the best, but he wasn't really having those high-level matches he had in the past. He got to just work angles over the last few days, so I bet it is... A, his bodies, at least uh, thankful of it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I can imagine it would be. And just to mention on Maccabay, I know we talked about him ever so briefly at the start. Mm. I, there were a couple of Maccabay matches that I I did enjoy um, in the tournament. I, I'm I'm less bothered by him being there than than others, and that's that's fine. You're never gonna get great matches out of him but I think it's, it's more important for the live audience to have someone who they perhaps are going to pop for as a result of it just to kind of add to the general like in- crowd interest in a match which then itself ends up transferring over to the, to the audience watching on New Japan World um, so that, that would really be it but yeah the A block I mean if there's one big takeaway from the A block which is both of these blocks need to be equally weighted because the B block was incredible but the A block just didn't really come close in the end, did it? In terms of if you, if you go through and list the amount of really good matches neither one, mm. like B block is going to be absolutely blitzing that.
2: Definitely, yeah. And we said that going in, didn't we? it looked that way from mm-hmm. the start and it and it came to, to reality. Yeah. I'm the same as you. Not none of those guys really have memorable tournaments. I think part of you you touched on Suzuki before. I think part of the reason is is nonsense chair stuff on the outside than is brawling when it's already happening two other times on the cards with with jay white yeah. and with farley then that doesn't stand out and yeah apart from elgin out of those uh those four yeah. dudes who, who had a, a quietly very good tournament uh yeah not a huge amount to to say on those dudes uh should we move on to the the b block final day then yeah let's go for it awesome well let's talk it The the b block final day had uh, kenny omega and kota abushi is probably the the, the well, the, the big match from that day and the match that probably people are going to have on their match-of-the-year ballots at the end of the year, uh, I kind of thought that... I I didn't think anything was going to move Omega Ishi for me as far as the best match of the tournament. And I do think it came close, but maybe with having all the story going in of Omega and Ibushi and just having the two of them being... They're just prime athletes, and they were in there to to just essentially kill each other that's essentially what the story was and it's what the reality was in the match as well uh, maybe they didn't go maybe with the 30 minute time limit they didn't go to the to the full uh, expectation that some people have there wasn't a big balcony dive in there Ibushi uh, didn't manage to get him, himself banned from Budokon again but yeah as far as uh, memorable matches go from the tournament and to matches that I'm going to go back and watch again I do think this uh this Omega and Ibushi match is up there for me and it's uh, definitely. Something I'm going to be revisiting in future.
1: Yeah, it was an unbelievable match, I think, and you know, I was, I was almost nervous to watch this match because I was anticipating it for so long, and Mm. it was kind of finally here. And I almost felt like I was putting it off all day until I was out most of the day. When I got in, I was like, "Oh, I can't put it on straight away. I don't feel ready to watch it. I need to be in the right frame of mind. I need to have everything out of the way. I need to have cleaned the house, done my dinner, washed up, that all that boring stuff." And so I could finally watch it. Watch that over dinner, yeah. Um, that that was the lead-in to Omega Ibushi. So you know, things could only get better after World of Sport. And um, you know, it's getting the rubbish out of the way and getting the good stuff in after. Um, Kind of like an undercard, and then, you know, yeah. it uh, made sense. And this was different level. It was actually very different to what I was expecting. Um, it felt to me like it was the first chapter of what might turn out to be an absolutely epic series and an epic feud like we've never known of before. It felt like they'd really thought out how to wrestle and piece together a match that tells the first story in what ultimately becomes a series of matches down the line. There was stuff they teased in this one, but they didn't hit. There was stuff that they hinted at from the past as well. There were callbacks of their matches in DDT. Uh, And you know that when they wrestle again, going forward, they're going to give you, give us more. This went what? 23 minutes. I think it went 24 minutes. And when it finished, I was thinking I could have had another 10, 15 minutes of that easily. Like that mm. was absolutely amazing for what it was, but I don't feel like I've seen it all. Like, I want more of this. It felt to me like it was the first season of a great TV show. I like the first season of The Wire. <laughs> what a great show that is. But then season two, three, and four, I liked even more than season one. So I think, in the same way that Akada Omega was amazing the first time out, I thought that Akada and Omega had even better matches the second third and fourth time mm-hmm. so i think that you know we've got something truly special in store following on from this hopefully
2: yeah it's kind of like how can you because i agree with you 100 percent. and I, but i'm also questioning myself going how can there be a match where there was a moonsault with double knees there was that was resi- oh. ridiculous sit down reverse runner reversal that oh, omega did there was so many ridiculous spots and yet still at the end of the match i was thinking they've got crazier stuff in them they've got places to yeah. go here uh, maybe it was the fact that they did a lot of those big moves it was very much a shootout video game kind of match but maybe they didn't go too long on the big big kickouts at the end of the match you know it was relatively conclusive a bushy win and maybe that's why I feel like they've got more room to go but yeah I don't know how you feel JP but I, I, again I, I it's crazy because I, I I'd consider it, maybe maybe I'd break my own personal scale as well, because I'd potentially consider this a five-star match, but I still think they've got a better match in them. Maybe I'll go the, the Meltzer route with the, uh, with the six or seven stars if they if they top <laughs> this in future. Um, yeah, did you feel the same as us? Do you, you rate it as high? Do you kind of think that there's uh, yeah. there's more to do here?
0: I, I think there's more to do, and I can uh, rate it highly, and I think the, the way the story, the natural story from it, is that perhaps Kenny... Not saying that Kenny was complacent because he was interesting. He came out and he was like quite brutal at the beginning, and there was a lot of a lot of a lot more strike exchanges than what you would have expected. There's been a lot more of that Ibushi matches, yeah,
1: in this G1, I think. Yeah. I thought the, so the
0: idea with the storyline between them that they would start off with like they, they, they weren't necessarily going to be holding back, but it's an interesting it's like holding back without holding back. That's <laughs> yeah, a hell of a yeah, yeah. high yeah. wire act that you're pulling off there. But I think there was the idea that that maybe in the back of his mind storyline wise that you can have Kenny not being in the zone, but he doesn't need to win that match. He's still IWGP champion. He's already won a G one before. So you can kind of have that and that can play into the stories. And I, and I agree with a lot of the callbacks. I mean, I I thought it was interesting that, um, Omega kicked out of the, um, Kamagoi, which, you know, kind of evens it up of kicking out of each other's finishes at that point in time. And Obviously he hit the, the, the second one afterwards. Um, there's yeah, so much in this match that is gifable, but it's not about just those gifable moments. And that's, you know, things like the. Was it the tiger bomb out of the court? The tiger drive. The tiger driver. The the top tiger top. driver. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was that, which was just insane. And and managing to land on his feet out of the dragon suplex in the corner. And all of these things are incredible. But the thing I kind of. And I agree with both of you 100% in terms of there's so much more to go. But it was the kind of, it was those rather brutal strike exchanges, the things that end up kind of staying with me at points.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a really good way to sort of, get across what they were going to do in the match. Like, Mm. sort of established, you know what, we are going to fuck one another up here because we have to. We've got no other choice. I don't want to do this to you. But this is the position we've been put in, like, thing. I thought one of the things as well about this was some of the selling was great at times and some of the noise from the crowd. Um, You mentioned the um, moonsault into the double knees, Benno. Mm. That moment, I thought, the the just the noise from the crowd it wasn't like uh, especially with yeah. the replay ah oh, it, it was amazing it was such a great moment and that moment really kind of settled in as well and it made those knees that spot just come across as something absolutely brutal that no one was expecting to see it was absolutely crazy and there was stuff in here that. I'd never seen before that reverse Rana that Abushi tries in Omega, and then Omega essentially just stops Abushi and drops him on his head. It almost looked like a you know hangman pages finish oh that. yes it looked yeah. like a more sort of spiked brutal version of that if anything it yeah. was just i've never seen omega do that before so they were adding to what they can do but the stuff they were adding here was getting over as well hmm. like I, i'm i'm sure i must have seen abushi do that tiger drive before was that the first time he'd done it i've i've got a feeling he must I might well before, have seen but... him do that before i don't know if he did the stomp out of the corner
0: before oh that was
1: awesome <laughs> yeah. as well that that popped me in a big way there was so much of this that i was kind of jumping off my sofa up and down it's an absolute must see it is yeah
0: like no getting around no getting around that whether or not it it kind of hits the heights because everything else it's you know it's all subjective ultimately but it was just a a hell of a match He didn't disappoint and that's something that's so overhyped if you think about how I don't know it's not the same thing but Nakamura Styles and how much that was kind of been built up to this degree and how much we all kind of felt that underperformed and I know again it's some of it the building
1: and yeah and I was falling asleep yeah <laughs> and if you think of
0: this and like you said Joe, I was kind of I was worried about it I was worried that this wasn't going to be as good as uh, as it was whether or not I was going there with such ridiculous expectations that I thought well it won't live up to those and I ultimately yeah, yeah. feel somewhat disappointed in some way
1: but I really didn't. Well, we've just described a lot of moves and the matches, well, a lot of spots. But mm-hmm. I think the thing we forget is the s- the emotional structure yes. those moves are based within yeah. as well. Like there is an emotion to everything that they do, and the crowd were fully on board it's as a well. Story, isn't this it, is. Sorry. There's yes, a- the culmination of what, this is what, an eight, ten-year feud, you could argue, yeah. mm-hmm. to some extent. They have four in six years as well. It was just absolute different level.
2: I mean, just look at the difference between this, this match, the B-block final with the A-block final. The A-block final, Okada and Tanashi very very much story based this you could look at as you just said and think of it as like a a big move match and there's a lot of that there's again the video game elements mm-hmm. that kenny omega kind of brings into his matches but yet yeah, the, the thing that puts it over the next level is the fact that there's there is a, an underlying story here there is kind of I. it always feels like abushi does things so effortless and omega's Maybe I'm reading too much in it, but Kenny Omega's almost trying to keep up with him sometimes. Um, they're very similar in a lot of ways, but it does feel like Abushi is maybe a bit more, I don't know, natural. And Omega's having to try yeah. that bit harder and, you know, go that to that extra yeah. level with, a like you say, that crazy sit down, uh, move off the reverse runner and do something a bit nuts to kind of keep himself in it. But yeah, it's that story. It's the visual of the two of them lying on top of each other at the finish like a, this sweaty pile of bodies and then you talked about them as you know potentially being a couple which is something they've alluded to even after the press conference after the match walking off together yeah. up those stairs you know arm in arm there's a there's just a level of of overall story here that kind of carries it beyond you know being an awesome five-star big move match into something else altogether
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the commentary as well was something else that really added to this one. So JP mentioned earlier how they both kicked out of one another's finishing move and now abushi's any person who kicks out the one-winged angel that was in ddt in 2012 this wasn't even in this promotion like that says everything (laughs) you need to know about how open-minded this promotion is and how it's willing to acknowledge that other promotions exist because them doing that has actually added to the depth of this story and the connection that we as fans have with this story and also as well that the fact that they they were using fan sources. They were open about this
0: stuff. Like there were, like throughout the tournament, there've been times where they've been referencing fans on on Twitter who sent stuff in and asked questions and the rest of it. And they're very open minded to it. Mm. I will say one thing: after that press conference, I left. I left it running and it went through to the highlights package, yeah, and I saw yeah. the highlights package again, and it did appear to me. I don't know if you guys both agree, but the Japanese commentary, the crowd levels were higher. Yeah, I did the exact same. Because it
2: was molten for this match. Yeah, and I noticed
1: the exact same. I might go back and watch the full match with the Japanese commentary, I think. Yeah.
2: It's one to revisit, and that's something I do myself sometimes as well. As good as, you know, we just raved about the English commentary. There is something a bit different, isn't there, about the... You don't understand what they're saying, but the levels the Japanese commentary gets to in maybe there's something to that maybe it is is mic'd a a little bit differently or produced a little bit differently because it did sound loud anyway but yeah if it sounds even louder yeah maybe i should uh, go check that out as well
1: oh yeah definitely i'll say as well i don't know if i can find the time and i think i'll find the time i'll make the time to watch this again and the find in the next couple of days because i don't Mm. think you know i think there's more to find in these matches as well i think there's elements of the match that maybe, as closely as I was watching it, maybe passed us by that you might find on a second viewing as well because there is so much depth and there is such a story that is at play in the match as well. So I think it's a match that, you know, the pleasures that exist within the match will grow over time as well, potentially, especially if it's something we could look back on in a couple of years when we've got the full story complete in front of us and I hope we do.
2: Definitely. Um, I mean, elsewhere on this uh, last B-block day, I mean, I don't want to give it too much short shrift because we're going to briefly talk about what else happened in the B-block in general. But, mm. you know, we're for, almost forgetting Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito happened on this card as well. That was, a, yeah. again, another match similar. They pretty much told, told the same story as they did on the A-blocks last day, that Naito was in it until he wasn't. You know, Naito losing to Zack Sabre. Zack Sabre playing the spoiler here, um, almost playing mind games with Naito. Uh, two men who've, who've got a lot of common chemistry uh any notes on the the match itself uh, and any notes on on these two guys a uh, tournament they've had and and Naito maybe uh, being a bit of a, a a loser again i've seen a, a lot of uh, complaining about that online what have they been complaining about, sorry? About Naito uh, losing again and not making it through to to the big match. Um Oh, okay. Uh, Naito someone isn't he who's he's so over. Um he clearly yeah. I mean he sells so much merchandise. It seems like there's more kids than anything in the crowd who are all in in Naito merch and he's he's so over and you keep thinking that this is going to be his year. I had him in my pickems. I thought this was going to be his G1. Uh, yeah, and I think some of the more the heart more hardcore Naito fans were were very disappointed. when he he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah,
0: Oh, okay. Is there something about, actually, the people get annoyed about this? I don't imagine how many of those people would be going, well, get rid of Ghetto then. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's lost the plot. (laughs) I think there's there's that level of, no, he knows what he's doing. We're just disappointed that he isn't in the final. (sighs) Which, if that's the case, I'm kind of fine with that. If it's complaining for the sake of complaining, I have zero interest. Um, In terms of this match, I I really did like it. I've enjoyed... There's that nasty bit of spite between these two. You say about them gelling chemistry-wise, mm. but it, like especially with Zach, kind of in prime Zach Dick mode, which is great. And the finish, I didn't see that coming at all. So it really completely caught me by surprise when he got him up in the up in the Zach Driver and just yeah. was like, whoa. And I'd almost I'm forgotten hungry. that he'd
2: had that because he kind of played it up early in the yeah. tournament, didn't he? And it was on the back burner until now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and it was it was a big shock, and they were and they were stunned. And and I don't think it was a case where the, it's not that the crowd didn't like Zach or anything like that. I think they were just genuinely shocked by the result because they had that expectation. And if you can shock a you know a sellout Budokan Hall, then you know good luck, well done. Yeah, and shock them in a, in a decent way because it is credible. I hope this builds up to a few more matches. I kind of I'd like to, this to be. I'm not expecting for it to be a feud that perhaps last a long time, but I'd love for Zach to have kind of a proper meaty feud
1: against a headliner in new Japan that would do absolute wonders for him. It's something you can play off here as well, isn't it? Though you can go back to this match and go back to the history, and he beat the New Japan Cup quite dominantly as well. So you could almost mention that the f- the fact that Zach has two wins over Naito, mm. he's almost like uh, you know Naito's Achilles heel to some yeah. extent. Mm. He's spoiled him getting to the final. There's something to that, and that y- y- we know that this company. Do this stuff for a reason mm. Going forward as well There are always reasons And the history And what they've put in place Is always remembered As well isn't it mm. So I don't think This is uh, something That's going to go Nowhere long term I think we will be hearing About the night Zach Upset night O <laughs> On the way to the G1 yeah. final, uh, you know, at some point down the road as well. And, you know, I've got a feeling Zach's going to get the US belt of a Never Belt at some point. Yeah. I don't know what Chris Jericho's schedule is, but at the same time, I wonder whether Naito Zach is a potential rematch of a Tokyo Dome as well. You, you never know. That, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Naito's still being bitter about this loss and, yeah, t- kind of taking it to the, that next level. I could, I could definitely see them going that way because, yeah, you're right. There is like a. There's like a personal gripe you've got there now that Naito can blame Zack Sabre for his loss. And Um. yeah, there's just... It's the chemistry they've got between each other as well. Like there was the memorable spot in this match where Naito's doing his tranquilo pose and Zack Saber grabs an armbar out of it. There's just yeah. and there's just something about the glee that oh, Zack Saber right. takes in in doing that to them, isn't it? That he, he enjoys ruining Naito's uh, year and ruining the G one for him. That yeah, there's. Definitely he reminds to me myself off. at school. <laughs> I was
1: like this at school. I was like a bit of a cheeky twat who really loved pissing off the. Um, What'd you refer to them as Chams wasn't a word then, but kind of the towny kids, okay. I suppose. We'd have gone with was, up north. Yeah, I was in bottom set for the science type class. I haven't got a very scientific brain, and uh, I wasn't liked by a lot of them blokes. So I didn't, I couldn't fight with my fists. So I fought with, uh, fought with my mind, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little bit when Zach does little cheeky things like that that he just loves and really gets off on. Yeah. That re- I see, I see, I can see myself in him. Like I'm sort of thinking. Yeah, that that's the kind of thing I would do. Well, maybe this will this will lead on naturally from the Suzuki
0: feud that they that they seem to weirdly have gone back to. Uh, with Naito. yeah, with Naito on the on the last night. Don't want to spoil too much about that. That maybe this is a feud that could lead on from mm. that. So it gives it a bit of time, and it's like right, I need to need to get through Zach. I'd be completely down with that, and you know Zach. It was a tournament I kind of was expecting him to be in contention in the last mm. day. I thought he would have done stronger. Yeah, that was a little bit of surprise. I wonder whether or not if there was any alteration they could have made that whereas with this victory there was like a very much an outsider's chance if there was a draw that he could possibly go mm, through. No, I don't think he would have gotten through in a draw. No, he no, wouldn't. He, he wouldn't have done, but maybe if they'd altered the yeah, booking yeah, a tiny yeah, little yeah. bit. But this is all, you know, it's kind of no, you know, he seemed to get as much pleasure out of sort of ruining the night for Naito, which worked for an audience so mm-hmm. yeah all good all good Naito again good tournament I mean I'm going to talk about when thinking about where this leads into Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. and that seems to be a show that's going to be built around the depth of the New Japan roster the way that I think that they're setting up like there's going to be sort of lots lots of sort of big featured single stars in big big matches mm-hmm. um and Naito will be up there he's not going to be you know this is not him being crushed
2: they play the long game don't they
0: he's not, that. He's not Zack Ryder
2: no <sighs> he's Okada isn't he it took it took a while for Okada to get that big win on, yeah. on, on Tanachi people wanted it a year before it eventually happened and I think with Naito it's the same thing maybe people have to yeah. wait a bit longer it's not coming this Wrestle Kingdom I do think he'll get that that big crown and victory but it's probably more likely maybe they're thinking you can you can have the big Jericho match at this year's Wrestle Kingdom and they can they can come back to him can't they next year and he could, yeah. he could run the gauntlet next year one, or he could win the Wrestle Kingdom the year after. There's plenty of time with Naito. Um, it doesn't feel like it's hurting his overness in any way. Uh, I think maybe patience is just a, a bit of a virtue there. Uh, any thoughts on the on the other stuff then? I mean uh the last couple of uh, matches on this on this B block day, Juice and Goto with Juice ending up on a win and Sonada Ishii with Ishii not taking a night off, which is a, a good sign for us with some Sisla coming up. Uh any notes on those two matches or on those four guys in general?
0: I did really enjoy Ishii Sonada. Um I thought that was really and like I said, I was kind of expecting this I thought Ishii is deserved to be you know to have a bit of a a quieter night but no and i have to say the crowd were absolutely well into him as well i mean and obviously going into the next night this is someone who has got a real connection with that new Japan audience and i think it's difficult to know how many people went to this show because there was wrestling on a buddha kind of big show and those people maybe don't go all the time it's almost impossible for us to know in terms of what the makeup of new japan fans i've gone to, how many are regular um attendees of their shows but ishii seems to be someone who that crowd immediately connected to and you he is so good and he doesn't phone it in i don't think against walter um at summer sizzler he's gonna be like oh lazy night I won't <laughs> get the working boots out no because he just goes hell for leather and and here's, you know, Sonata, Sonata stuck with him. He came out very strong out of this G1, obviously. And it felt like this might have been the year where he took that kind of step to being in that intercontinental title picture potentially at some point in the next year 18 months well he's got
1: his title shot against Omega he's got his title shot against Omega which he won't win but it'll be such a good match oh yeah I can't wait for it I'm sure it'll be as good as the last one if not better I'm sure they'll get a bit more time I'm sure Mm -hmm. it'll be it's more of an epic match as well. I thought Ishii actually really brought some of that sonada here as well. Like, sonada, I've said it previously, I, I like, I'm, I'm not convinced by fully, though. And I thought sonada brought a little bit more fight here as well. Um, one bit I did love in this match was Ishii hitting the Shining Wizard on sonada as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was obviously a call to sonada's trainer, Keiji Muto, which I thought was a lovely little touch.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Sometimes you think of, uh, of Ishii as a, like a non-thinking little pit bull, but yeah, he, he has callbacks. He, he's got a memory. He's, uh, he's he, he can still do a creative spot like that. I've heard people kind of uh, criticise Ishii before for maybe his matches being a little bit samey but he does pull out those weird little like that crucifix bomb in a, I think it was in the Omega match wasn't it? He pulls out this oh, weird, weird creative stuff that you don't expect from him and there is just something about G1 season that brings out the best in Ishii and again, He's just not a man that will ever take a night off. He's just all G1. He's been pretty. For me, he's been the MVP of the the tournament. He's had. Maybe he didn't have my favourite match. I think that would probably go to the Omega Ibushi match on this day. But overall, I think cause, you know, the number of matches that were at that high level, Ishii is the man for me this tournament. And it just has been the, the tournament of Tomohiro Ishii. And like you said, I'm, I'm made up that he's, he's coming out of it. with a, you know He's got a big match with Omega coming up in the future. And a bit of direction and uh, maybe uh, New Japan, uh, knowing what they've got there with him and knowing that they can, they can bank on him to give them a, a huge and mm. great world title match.
1: Yeah, I think him and Osprey, are uh, the two most consistent wrestlers in the world at this point. You could probably argue they're the two biggest nutters in the world as well. So, <laughs> you know, it might say something about their psychological makeup to some extent. But I'm not complaining because I love watching them both. got Osprey and imagine that. <laughs> oh
2: my. That would be so much. Um, Rev
1: Pro, Quilden if you're listening. I don't
2: pissons. <laughs> <laughs> Get it booked, definitely. Uh yeah, so that yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end of the uh, the B blocks final day. I mean really, uh, there was also the the Tamatonga and Yano match, which was your know, your typical Tamatonga match, doesn't merit really going into. There was he called out Dave Melter on his intro, which I just thought was hilarious. Kind of showed up. Uh, with...
1: Oh yeah, that was that was funny. <laughs> just, I did laugh.
2: Just Tamatonga, kind of playing into the, this character. I think we've we've talked enough about Tamatonga as far as the day goes. But any other thoughts on, on maybe him briefly or, or Yano?
1: Yes, go on. I was going
0: to say in the words of um, Bad Luck Farley, "Fucking." <laughs> that's
1: my primarily my thoughts around Tamatonga. But I'll let you. I was going to say I've bit of fear that I have. Uh, Harold uh, Mige. is that how you say his name? He loves the camera, doesn't he?
2: He loves it, because that's the other note on that match. Oh, my God. With the big angle, with them getting the Tongans, getting thrown out because of that Yano match. He just... You can tell he's a Dixie Carter type. Oh, my God. I hope he's not
1: watched, I don't know, St. Valentine's Day Massacre and gone... I want a bit of that,
2: <laughs> please. Him like,
1: topless on,
0: on a cage yeah. being hit through by what, Jay White? No, by yeah, oh. bad luck like, falling, him going through a table. Yeah, oh. like,
1: just, just, I hope that, Harold, mate, if you listen to this, and I advise you do, because it's quality audio content, um, take my advice. We don't want this, mate. We love New Japan for a reason. We don't want authority figure stuff. It's not what is going to get the hardcore's you know, continuing to watch, and I don't know how many other people you're going to get on board having a few Tamatonga because it doesn't equal interest. It equals no. over for bollocks, and Tamatonga can't cut a promo, so just <laughs> no, none of this, please. Not we had a... the same. Yeah, today
0: when we saw it, it was like, oh no! Like we had the same thought about whether or not it's going to be. You know, is he going to be getting involved? Because, like I say, he loves a camera. He's willing to, you know, I don't like any of that stuff. Kidani hinted that he was going to do some stuff like this. And I don't know who it was. He basically just said, look, you know, keep your or out of this stuff. <laughs> the wrestling bit is not your side of
1: this. Stay away from it. Mm. And hopefully that same person will say the same thing to Harold. Yeah. Did you guys watch the Honma moment as well? yes on the undercard the six man yes.
2: that was nice i yeah. think that it's kind of he, he's done some spots hasn't he for for new japan in recent recent months yeah. and not really looked himself he does look a bit more himself doesn't he? he's hitting those head butts and it is it kind of it always seems emotional doesn't it for him to to be out there it's a it's a nice thing even if maybe a little bit yeah. worrying uh, considering his injuries it
0: it is worrying and i personally prefer him really not do anything but these kind of like nice undercard multi-person matches for almost like a good year mm. two years. Like give him time as much time as he needs and if he's not able to do it then if he's physically able to work those kind of undercard matches and just let him do that
2: mm. i don't want to see yeah, him hitting headbutts sick. to the outside at any point you need to oh get, get rid of that from his from his repertoire um and just yeah concentrate on those multi-mans
1: yeah, absolutely. I thought Okada was really good fun in this one, actually. Especially when Okada missed his headbutt to Homber. That was quite funny.
2: <laughs> Getting booed as well by the crowd for doing that as well made the biggest heal in the yeah, game. Yeah. Just tells you how, uh, how loved Homber is and how glad people are to have him back. Uh, should we talk about the final day then?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh.
2: 100%. Awesome. Let's get into it. Uh, the big match uh, that everyone's been talking about today, the, the G1 final, Tanahashi, Ibushi, uh, a match that kind of bridged the gap between, I thought, between, we were talking about the difference between the A block final, uh, sorry, the A block last match and the B block last match, uh, one being very story-based, one being... Still having a story, but you know, being big moves, big spots. This was kind of like where the two things merged. It was almost like like a battle of two disciplines, a battle of of two styles. Just uh, it, and again, at a fresh match as well. I, I kind of went in thinking that I, I wasn't at the start of the tournament high on Tanahashi's Tana involvement in it. Uh, and I I probably wouldn't have called a Tanahashi Ibushi final but even though they've had matches before they still went out there it felt like a fresh match it felt like a big match Uh, I think part of that was having Shibata out there in Tanahashi's corner but the crowd Mm -hmm. were were banging to that big responses to Shibata there big responses to the two two guys being there just standing off at the start of the match just an epic G1 final and again another match that I think I'd, uh, I'd go close to five stars on I don't know about you guys
1: Yeah, I think I might even go the full five here, to be honest with you. I thought this was something else. It was everything you want in a Mm. final. It was so intense. It's just the intensity of these type of occasions, these type of matches that always live up to their billing. I can't remember a G1 final that was kind of much less than a five-star match, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Every, Every single one of them in the last few years has just got me to like a different level when being invested in a match and when popping during the match as well. The mix, every year, they get right. And I thought this year, again, Tanahashi and Ibushi have had some amazing matches together before. I remember an opener, I think, of the 2015 G1 was Tanahashi Ibushi. It was an amazing match. But this was definitely their most emotional match because it felt like there was more on the line than there's ever been on the line mm. in a Tanahashi and Ibushi match before. Mm. And man, if there was any doubt about Ibushi being an absolute top guy or them being, sort, of, you know, making Ibushi a top guy, then he kind of proved all of his doubters wrong today because. This man is a top guy and I'm hoping this means he's a made guy from this point in time because this was the, you know, I've seen stunning coat rabushi performances. This might have been the performance of his career. Definitely. Yeah, he didn't have,
0: the, uh, you know, someone like Kenny Omega in there to, to literally bounce around with, you know, that less of the um, athleticism with, with Tanahashi. And it's like you said, Benno, it's kind of that crossover of you've got the emotion that you mm-hmm. had in pos- you know, with Tanahashi that he brings to the table because of the reaction from the crowd, which yes. then I think in turn gets the Ibushi fans going. So like, you can clearly tell it felt split and at times they veer one side or the other and it's great. And I do want to hear this back with the, um, mm-hmm. with the, the Japanese commentary again. There was some... You know, there was some really tremendous stuff in it. And I always think you can almost excuse them if the final wasn't as great, because you imagine how broken down they are, especially with the matches that Tanahashi only had two days before on the back of an already grueling schedule. And Ibushi coming back from yesterday into this less, much less than 24 hours, because this was on, obviously, in the afternoon in Japan.
2: Mm. Um,
0: it 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 was so dramatic. And even though I knew what was going what was going to happen it was how they got there um there was the way the tanahashi particularly there was the the kind of slap exchange oh, that
2: they had and it was my god
0: it was that was incredible i mean yeah. it was just incredible the
2: kind of fire in tanahashi the, the of speed of just- the, the speed of Ibushi, though as well it's almost oh. you'd believe those slaps in an mma fight wouldn't you
1: yeah, mm. absolutely. They were absolutely brutal. I think Ibushi's, you know, he does throw the occasional strike. Mm. I think he's been working on them. Because yeah. here. But you could say the same for Omega. I think Omega's been throwing his strikes of more vigour and more purpose in this tournament as well. So there's you know, there's a dual storyline again that's maybe going on there as well. Mm. That strike battle was so unbelie- unbelievably intense. The crowd were in the palm of their hands as well yes. at that point. This was two... Absolute masters of their craft and two slightly different sort of disciplines of that craft, gelling and making, you know, beautiful music in a wrestling ring right here, let's say. Yeah.
0: You always hear about dance
1: partners being talked
0: about, and Ibushi seems to be able to he can just do it with anyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think you can say that about Tanahashi as well. He's just someone who again, his style's a bit more old school, maybe, than what Ibushi's (laughs) is, but it plays into the story, doesn't it? You've got kind of him being the veteran trying to take control at the start and Ibushi coming back with the big moves and them kind of going into that big strike battle that, that, that you both mentioned there the the, the, the strikes that, like as we said you kind of forget that Ibushi's got it's just yeah there was just that there was a level of of story here an escalation in the match of both violence and both I don't know, the story as it kind of went on, we got to see... That there was. I think there was a point earlier in the match where Kevin Kelly pointed out uh, where Tanahashi um, managed to grab a dragon screw and Ke- Kelly, whose commentary, as we mentioned, has been wonderful throughout this entire tournament, kind of said, just put a pin in that moment, think of that moment later because if Kota Ibushi loses, partly it's going to be because of this. And there's those levels of stuff that the, the first 10 minutes of the match... Which you can sometimes critique in a, in an overly long New Japan match. You can sometimes say, well, it doesn't matter. But it does matter. It, it, in a match like this, it builds on itself and... Again, you know, it was that battle of Tanahashi being the veteran and Kota Ibushi being the maybe the, the more impactful of the two. Uh, you know, and hitting all of his mm. his big stuff, his ridiculous the last ride that bridge in Germany he does on the ropes, hit the, the Moon double knees that we mentioned earlier. He pulled that out oh, again oh. here, got the same reaction, didn't he? And it was kind of it fed into that story. It wasn't just move for move sake because you got. Tanahashi, who again is the aging veteran, just desperately trying to stay in the match and desperately trying to... Although he's he's kicking out, he's barely kicking out. I think there was a German where he barely even got his shoulder up. Um, And then when he does hit his moves he's not hitting it perfectly he hit like a, a twist and shout reversal um to Ibushi at a point and it didn't look clean and it shouldn't look clean because Tanahashi is playing that into the role that he is in, in the match at this point he's taken he's weathered the storm of all this high impact offense from Kota Ibushi and he's barely hanging on and barely staying in it with that kind of his his veteran now's just layers and layers of, of great stuff in here and you know, I mentioned that I, I thought that Omega Ibushi was maybe my favourite match of the tournament, but just talking about it now, I'm always convincing myself that this one was better. It's definitely, definitely close. Um, just so many great things to say about this.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not a father. JP is. I don't think he wants to choose his favourite child. And I think choosing between some matches in this tournament Mm -hmm. would be like choosing a favourite child, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It would be harsh to actually say, this is my favourite match over this, because there's just not a lot between them in terms of the absolute quality of them. I think this is probably my favourite match of a tournament because there was the emotion because it's the final as well. Mm -hmm. And it kind of tipped it over the edge, if anything. And I think almost knowing that Ibushi could be crowned here for the first time. Yep.
0: yeah,
1: oh, That was why I was so invested. Like, I was so desperate for Ibushi to win. I wanted to see uh, Ibushi Kenny too at the Tokyo Dome as well. Mm-hmm. But I love Tanahashi. Tanahashi on this one last run, it feels like, as well. Getting to headline the Tokyo Dome again in a, f- in a fresh main event against Omega was mm-hmm. something that I've got no issue with whatsoever. But I think you mentioned that dragon screw earlier, Benno. I think... Mm-hmm. The dra- it's amazing what tanahashi's done with such a yeah. simple maneuver yes. like in his matches that move can matter so much think mm. of that Minoru suzuki match on uh, night one yeah it? on night one yeah, and was the story of the match here him doing those dragon screws early on played into the match as well mm. it kind of sets that standard the psychology of the match was essentially I'm going to take you down because I don't want you flying around because I can't cope with you, you know, with your aerial offense and all the rest of it. But at the same time, when he's doing that, Ibushi's showing him that he's got more than just his aerial offense and he can go with him toe to toe and he can strike him down if he wants to. And he's not just this high flyer. He's not just this crazy man from that crazy DDT promotion. He's legit. There's a reason he's in the final. Uh, there was some crazy stuff in it. That inverted Gotch style pile driver yeah. under Tanahashi's neck yep. as well. Tanahashi taking that German. I was saying the other day that I only think he'd hit, he should hit that German in major, major matches. I've actually thought to myself last night, there's no way Tanahashi's taken that gem. He took it. I couldn't
2: believe it. He took it perfectly
1: as well. Yeah, he did. He took it predominantly.
0: He didn't take it on the top of the head, mm. um, which is what uh, it was Kenny had done, didn't he? he taken it right on no, the. No, Mega didn't take it last night. Oh, who took it? Somebody took it earlier on in this. Anyway, I might be doing that. Naito took it. Naito took it. But in this one, I mean, he,
1: he took it on the shoulders as well. Yeah, this it, was... It was also some of the playbacks. Ibushi hit a bomb, I And mean, then you've yeah. got... You think about it this way. You've got Shibata with Tanahashi. So you've got the three guys who were tipped to carry New Japan into that kind of era in the kind of mid-2000s. Uh, the of new really, three yeah, Musketeers. Yeah, of Ibushi... Uh, sorry, of Nakamura... Tanahashi and Shibata and you've got Ibushi while they, while one of them's watching on one of them's in the ring and he's hitting you know their mate from class finisher as well you know there's that little bit of cheekiness that playing <laughs> off the parts and him doing that to Nakamura of mm. a Tokyo Dome as well showing that he can live up it's just such great storytelling that you can kind of read into if you want to in this mm. so it's just moments like that that make me the lawn
0: on yeah, on Tanahashi yeah, yeah. that had I mean, they, they had said that had led to a kind of... In, when was that? Is that in last year's G? I can't remember if it was uh, two years two ago. Two years ago? Years? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he
2: blamed it for losing, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he blamed it for losing. And, and that was also brought up in commentary as well. And that's tremendous. Mm. Just all of those things adding to it. Um, Tanahashi's great at making those kind of simple moves work well. Like he's, his use of the small package has mm. been tremendous. And that was something that I can remember when he when he'd made his appearances in TNA. That, that was one of his one of his finishers' Of course you time. would remember that. Of course I remember, yeah. <laughs> Shannon Moore interfered. That tell,
1: <laughs> I remember. That. I yeah. That you know,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That tells you everything <laughs> you Prince need to know of about. Punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what of course you would do. Because he's he should be the main focus of AJ Styles versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um and they had to yes I often a I'm angry now about that. Um he he does these he used to have a really quick um small package that he would do and obviously it's not as quick but he's managing to utilize it and work it in which obviously would play to those long-term new japan fans who'd remember him when he when he first came up and was you know the under 30 champion Hmm. um when it was kind of the rise of tanahashi and and he clearly still has so much to give
1: and and he wants to give
0: it and he wants (laughs) to give it and him and kenny is fresh because we never we we never got to that point. So I understand. I, I'm kind of fine with it. It wasn't what I predicted, mm. but I'm fine with Tanahashi Omega yeah. as as a massive match. I mean, he he's someone who kind of has he's earned it, and it's on a Friday, isn't it? This year, the yeah, 4th it is. Of yeah, it is. And I think that's going to be an interesting one in terms of ticket sales because I think Tanahashi could be someone. Ten- Tanahashi Omega would draw in fans. If you've got a very yeah. strong
1: undercard as well. And we're getting more Westerners going over as well. I'd love to go. I think I'll carry on doing the lottery from uh, here <laughs> yeah. on in. Yeah, Perfect and I'll birthday pay for present for you, Win You up?
2: Perfect birthday present for you.
1: Mate, the happiest of birthdays would be a trip <laughs> to Tokyo, though. It would be the fulfilment of a dream on my uh, <laughs> on my birthday. And usually I have a crap birthday because 4th of January is usually the day we go back to work. <laughs> 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 This year, we're not back until the 7th, so I could actually make it, but there's no way, oh, looking at my finances at the moment, that I've got a chance of doing a trip to Tokyo. But have a lottery. Uh, let's, yeah. let's do a lottery for a bit. Yeah. Hey, See because, if we would. Yeah. Let's do yeah, it.
2: I, th- I think maybe I, I would be maybe even more tempted to do it. I think part of what got me into this match and part of what I was just hoping, I thought, after, after the B-block night and getting Kota and Kenny, having that incredible match, what would convinced me to go to the Tokyo Dome and go to a January 4th card as if we were getting Kenny and Kota there and they really pulled me into the matching in in Really, I mean, again, I'm happy that Tanahashi's won. I'm happy that uh, now, at the end of the tournament, I'll, I'll absolutely mm. take Tanahashi getting that one last, you know, uh, go in the sun and get to have a, you know, a big Tokyo Dome main event if he doesn't lose the briefcase on the way. But there was just something I don't know. I, I really wanted it to be Kota in that in that position. Mm. And I was. I mean, one of the notes I had on the match was just that moment where at the finish when. Uh, Tanahashi, it's the high fly flow to the back of Kota Ibushi, and Ibushi, almost like a zombie, kind of stands up for the second one rather than taking it lying down. Oh, was like, so good! And I was yes. just screaming at, my, at, at the TV, kind of just hoping that there was going to be some kind of reversal or Kota was going to do something. And he was just out on his feet. He took the second one, and then he took the third one. And even then, I was so invested, and I so want to see Kota Ibushi get this—you know—get a Tokyo Dome main event. That I was just screaming for him to do something and he didn't. And it was amazing storytelling and a perfect moment that kind of encapsulated this entire match. But yeah, I was just so, in the moment, so devastated but so into this story. And just, I think that's the highest compliment of of what these, these two men did here. It just, it really felt like it mattered. It felt like... A real G1 final where the winner mattered. You know, who was going to go to, going to get the briefcase and who was going to main event the Tokyo Dome really mattered. And it was just epic um, and completely, completely pulled me right in.
1: Yeah, I was devastated but exhilarated. That's the best yeah. way I could uh, kind of describe it uh, from that perspective, really. Um, I thought as well, the post match, the mm. post match stuff was great. Mm. Kenny Omega there, Shibata there. You know, Shibata there, I spoke previously about the old class of Ibn Nakamura and Tanahashi. It was almost symbolic. He was representing what that class still is, you know. Shibata can't wrestle anymore. Tanahashi still has something to give. Nakamura kind of went off to America for an easier life, I suppose. And it, Tanahashi's here winning the G1 while Nakamura's getting bitten by uh, you know dogs in California or whatever it <laughs> is, and feuding with Randy Orton. And Tanahashi's still representing. You know, he's yeah. the he's the one guy. Shibata went. Shibata regretted going. Nakamura went. But Tanahashi's the you know, the Mainstays the ever present. And he's still got that something to give. And I loved I know Tanahashi has been quite vocal about Ibushi. Before, especially when Ibushi had his DDT and New Japan contract at the same time he was saying he should commit he should sign his contract he should work on moving to heavyweight and all the rest of it and there was that moment at the end of you know the sort of moment of respect and acknowledgement but there wasn't a full embrace mm. so they're still sort of saying That's like there's still something more there's yeah. still something else yeah I've got to get to I've got to give before I'm at that level kind of thing I thought that moment was so good yeah. which makes
0: me then think and it's been something I've, I've said on here as well about the idea of Kenny Omega leaving, but it, oh, it, I pray, which doesn't. I pray it doesn't, because this kind of lead, would lead very nicely into not obviously the next Wrestle Kingdom, but the Wrestle Kingdom after that to do Kenny and Kenny and Kota, because really I, I wonder with Kota if you he should be in one of the big featured matches on Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm talking as in more fi, more than Cody.
1: After this, I think he will, yeah. be.
0: I he he, he really, really should be, and it's—he still hasn't signed a contract. Is that right?
1: From yeah, from what I remember. I don't think he's got a contract, does he? Beno, yeah. do you
2: know? No, I don't believe he does. But it's surprising, isn't it? Because that's kind of a big thing that makes me. It almost makes me buy that he's going to lose in his matches, or it made me buy that he wasn't yeah. going to get to the final because you think they're not going to put him in that position if he doesn't, if he hasn't got a contract. Because yeah. as we've said on this show, he's always at risk. that He's going to go wrestle a blow up doll or, or wrestle a, wrestle a broom for six months and 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 not want to come back. Uh, I think there's always that risk, isn't there? So it did surprise me that one they booked him so strongly in this G one, and two there was um, this. It almost felt like this big chance of him going to Wrestle Kingdom. Um, but yeah i think maybe that does go against him sometime maybe that's the difference between mm. being willing to put him in a g1 final and make him a block winner and outright having him win um, and make properly main event wrestle kingdom because uh, he's, he's clearly over enough and the, the talent is there it does feel like mm. we're at his time doesn't it
0: he felt like he was at that big one of those uh, big four yeah. main main headliners mm. um i mean maybe with it big five big five now it really is it's a big five it's it's gone are the days when it used to be built around sort of the three pillars We've gone to the four pillars and now it's it, it really is five mm. with Potentially, God knows who else they could actually throw into the mix as well. Chris Jericho. Yeah. It's real depth, is what they have in that mm. singles roster. It's real, real depth. Do you remember when just... everyone
2: was worried about the future in New Japan going, oh, behind Tanahashi yeah. and no Okada, there's no Meltzer used to pedal that on his show. we would be like, Oh, there's no depth. They need to invest in youth. I mean, it's just kind of shown itself here, hasn't it? The like you like you said earlier on the show, JP. You don't we go normally with two big Wrestle Kingdom matches, you could easily have four
0: i was going to say i I think this year like as long as you're not wasting like zach in a i don't know a never trios multi-man gauntlet match or any of that crap Mm. keep the tongans there if you (laughs) have to have them around but in the case of this i think you can have really including a juniors title with all the various title matches you could have like a sort of a good six serious heavyweight matches once you put suzuki into the mix once you know various other people that you can that you can include into this and you can get get them together so i mean Mm. it's real it's that depth of talent that they've got that they've worked on and this talent is over as well, yeah, it gets it that, that reaction. reaction, and people are invested in the stories. Yes, yeah. like I said before, you know, I the mean, Ibushi fan at the end who was in tears that it cut to. I mean, those kind of reactions yeah. the same thing oh. last up when there was when was Naito it, got eliminated, uh,
2: people were crying, weren't they? It's yeah, like, it's that connection. Yeah,
0: someone sat behind
1: him just like sobbing intensely. Mm. It takes a lot for a free uh men in their 30s to be this invested in fake fighting at this point in time, let's yeah. Just say, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, can you remember. It's it's ridiculous. I I'm trying to think of the last time that I was invested in anything in WWE at this level, and it's probably Daniel Bryan. And that mm. was mostly because we knew what the backstage real life politics of the whole situation were. It wasn't mm. because of their great writing, as much as they'll try and spin it and make make out as if it's all all them all along now. By but, design. Yeah, yeah, honest. yeah. But this is just on a different level. It's on a completely different planet yeah, from anything. And you know, I hope long may this continue. That Wrestle Kingdom card, like you said, is uh, w- what would you guys predict for Wrestle Kingdom outside of prob- prob- probably Omega Tanahashi?
2: Yeah, I think I kind of... I put this on the... I mean, we'll go through the polls properly at the end, but I did the poll on the Indy Corner accounts of what are, what are we getting here? Are we getting that match? Are we going to finally get somebody lose the briefcase? Because I think Tanahashi is someone you could do that with. Uh, is Omega going to lose the belt before then? Is there an Ibushi match in the middle? To be honest, the answer for me is I don't know. I think there's a million, I think that makes it more interesting as well. There's a million different ways you can take it. I think mm. being boring, I think the most likely scenario is Omega Tanahashi, but I don't think I'd rule anything else. I don't think I'd rule out Tanahashi losing the briefcase to Kota Ibushi in a rematch um, or them doing something else along those lines and really mixing things up. It, I do think maybe another benefit of putting Tanahashi in this position. And again, maybe a reason why you wouldn't put, say, they were planning on doing that and having him lose the briefcase. It's not something you'd do with a Naito. You know, the people who, who are mad that Naito didn't win this thing outright. Imagine how mad they'd be if he won the briefcase and then lost it. You can get away with that with Tanahashi, just like WWE got away mm-hmm. with it with John Cena losing the, the money in the Bragg briefcase. He can, be the, he can be the guinea pig for, for that scenario. I just think, yeah, there's a, there's a few ways you can go here, and it's, it is really hard to call.
1: Yeah. And also, is Jericho going to be back in between now or is his next match going to be at Wrestle Kingdom as well? I think that's mm. an unknown quantity. Like I, I, I was saying to JP earlier, I think it makes sense almost with um, the news today that Ghetto has been sacked by Okada. But something goes on with Okada and Jericho, possibly, because mm. Okada's gone mad. Chris Jericho's a bit of a madman is it something to do with them teaming up? Is it something to do with a feud between the two of them that could go somewhere? You give a card to the Intercontinental belt for a little bit, have him do that while he's kind of, you know, giving um, some of the other guys bigger opportunities, but he could also headline shows as the IC champion. So lots of variables that are in play as well. I mean, you've got people bubbling just below as well, like a Zack Sabre Jr., mm. like a Minoru Suzuki. What do they do with these guys going into that show as well? Like, it's, mm. it's an exciting... Time to, yeah, yeah. it's an exciting time to be a new Japan fan, that's for sure. Definitely, Uh, let's just hope Kenny Omega doesn't go. That's (laughs) what I'm going to say.
2: Yeah, we've really got to hope for that. I think, like we all said, there's kind of there's depth in field that you could, you could fill, you could fill in, and there's other people to put in that position. But I'd rather, yeah, we carry on down this road, and we we have all these options. It's a, it's a great time to be alive. So yeah, hopefully, uh, nobody is tempted by the, the big money in January. Um, I mean, speaking and of that's, the
0: big, and that's going to be a factor, and it's obviously been spoken about with with the Bucks and Cody, and they talk about Hangman Page as well. Mm. Um. Uh, the creative freedom these guys have and the fulfillment in the work that they get to do, that they clearly feel with new Japan. And you just hope to God that in the era of people spending silly money on TV rights, <laughs> that for the love of God and football players and football players, <laughs> that they can actually just somebody could just say, okay, we'll give them this much money. See if new Japan's invest that into the talent and make sure that they're well paid. They don't feel the need to go that's easier said than done because especially if you're american it's going to be very hard to yeah. kind of say actually you want to do that but you were saying this earlier on joe he you know kenny's a canadian yeah so not, a
1: not. japanese citizen yeah. he lives in japan speaks the language speaks um, the language his boyfriend might be based there yeah no oh, the whereas the bucks you know they've got children they've got families they've been living kind of on the outside of that WWE system for a long time. And it, you know, it may be hard for them to be these DIY businessmen mm. as well, to support that family. Mm. Maybe a lot of stress. I get it if they went completely, but Omega, I'm not convinced is going to go. Cause I think he needs that creative freedom and fulfillment. And he's been in that system before. And, you know, as much as that system has changed to some extent, you've still got a crazy old mentalist. Who's not going to understand Kenny Omega yeah. at the top of the table. So, I'm. I'm not convinced Omega's going. I'm really
0: not. Who will, with no sense of irony, talk about still talk about how WCW tried to raid all of his talent while simultaneously just raiding the talent of others to
1: stockpile them and signing so these UK guys and people will believe
0: poor. this bullshit and fall and fall in line with it. And it's just like get your fucking head out of your ass, seriously.
2: I like, <laughs> The, the big test coming up is the fact that All In's at the end of this month isn't it Yeah. Um, once that happens and obviously with the Madison Square Garden thing at, at, uh, next year it's going to be interesting to see how they do react I mean one thing they did react on I mean we should probably talk a little bit about the, the undercard before we move yeah. on it's not not particularly notable it was almost like those undercards that you skip on the block days it was like that times two really uh, on this final day but Rey Mysterio was wasn't it it was but Rey Mysterio was there speaking of All In we haven't even mentioned the yeah. fact that Rey Mysterio was on a on a New Japan card. He's someone who he started taking bookings with New Japan and all of a sudden WWE want to sign him up again. What um, yeah. did you make of his use on the undercard? I was surprised he was in a, a multi-man rather than a, than a singles Ooh. match.
0: I, I was saying to Joe when we were watching it, is I, I'm, I've never been particularly, like I've always thought he's very good obviously, but I've never really been what you could call a, a Rey Mysterio fan. Hmm. And I... it it did feel like it was a waste. I don't know whether or not it was something that he wasn't going to be, you'd think in normal booking world that you'd have somebody like a younger star, whether I know Taiji Ishimori go over him or something like that. But they didn't do any of that. Didn't do him and Liger or or anything else. It it felt like a waste. Mm. It felt like it was fun, but did you need him there? Was he, was he important in kind of drawing that crowd? I don't think so. I don't think he, played a relatively minimal part in it. it it was kind of hamstrung from the moment wwe got involved and and there was stories about they didn't want him to attend it because well obviously they're dicks so why <laughs> they, they wouldn't like, show
1: it wouldn't they um i thought he had some nice moments of a okada um, yeah, but, and I thought he looked good in the match. He had some really nice spots. He's in really good shape. Yeah, but at the same time, I think you, they were advertising it as like a singles match, weren't they? With mm. a mystery opponent. I think, and yeah. uh, I think maybe they were I'm going ex-
2: down the route of that Sengu and Kenbo or whatever the hell his name was, the oh, red, yeah. pro wrestler Taguchi, essentially. But maybe they got cold feet on that because um, that would have been bad if that was the singles match.
1: I imagine if they had an Osprey versus Mysterio dream match on the undercard mm. or uh, the, 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 even marty there yeah marty, Mar- was, um, and built- and marty didn't do a lot of work did he this weekend yeah, he let's be honest something. yeah mysterio liger the match they built ages ago would have been mm. nice to see that as well or ishimori as jp mentioned just felt like a bit of a waste in this six man to be honest with you i'm not going to mm. remember this and no. it would have been nice for ray mysterio's two new japan p- appearances to be more notable and yeah. really they've not be notable because they've just been part of six man tag matches but
2: that's the thing hey ho we
1: got this final which was incredible so and, uh, and i think if it feels if even more like a waste because you know when
0: he goes back to wwe it is going to be the same ray mysterio shtick that we have kind of all seen before there'll be some good matches but you'll end up with baron corbin taking the piss out of him because he's small <laughs> you know it's that kind of rubbish constable corbin. yeah oh whatever <laughs> um, all that kind of shite Corporate Is going to be coming out of the woodwork So I, it, For me it, it has been somewhat of a
1: waste If you think about what they got out of it with Jericho And all of the things that Jericho brought to the table. I don't think Rey Mysterio is the same sort of character, though. I think he just wants to go and wrestle, whereas Jericho is a man that thinks through everything in Mm. insane amounts of depth. Think of the Jericho-Mysterio feud, like, what, 10 years ago? That was all Jericho. The whole feud was When he was wearing the mask. Yeah, it it was great. And you could tell Jericho was essentially booking his own feud there, and Mysterio was just a great player in a Jericho. Feud and Jericho's a genius at the end of the day I think he's possibly the most underrated wrestler of all time all told um Mysterio is incredible I've been a massive fan of his over the years um but he's not someone who I think thinks about his feuds in any great depth to the same extent a man like a Jericho he's
2: gonna turn off turn up isn't he get paid have his match and he's gonna go home and he'll work whoever you want if they either put him there's matches. There's options. There's a Kashida match. There's a Okada singles match. There's like you said. There's loads. Yeah. They've teased Osprey Liger. We're not getting half of those, uh, if any of them, unfortunately. Um, so th- I mean, there's ways you can go with him, but yeah, he's not. I suppose he's not a game changer, is he? Um, he's just someone who would have been a nice addition to the cards coming forward. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, Uncle Vince came in with his money, and uh, it does look like uh, Ray rare <laughs> <got it>. Sorry. <laughs> Any other notes on the, on the undercard from this day? Uh, there was some some young buck shenanigans, some elite and uh, and the other side of the Buller Club shenanigans. Uh, oh yeah! A- any thoughts on that on that stuff and uh, the the continued build of uh, of something going on there with uh, with Tamatonga and potentially Kenny Omega
1: and Harold Mage?
2: Mm, right oh. in the
1: middle of it all. <laughs> yeah, just leave Harold. You're better than that, pal. <laughs>
0: you, yeah it, it was it, I, I didn't care for the match because I don't care about the trio's titles for me they're there to headline show shows that are Just that's really what they're there for uh, you can have that kind of title change on house shows and that's fine and people don't care about them enough anyway on this one it's like they've put them in there so it'll be like you can't get rid of us we've got the belts and it's going to be god awful Tamatonga can't have a shit pro at the end Die! Oh. Yeah, what did he say? Like, suck ass. That was his last <laughs> phrase. And I thought, yeah, you can, mate.
2: It's almost He's a gimmick, very isn't it? <laughs>
1: very witty man. Very witty man.
2: Maybe it is the gimmick at this point. He knows he can't cut, cut a promo, so he's just cutting really bad, awkward, filled with silence promos. Maybe it's the idea. I don't know. I, mean, I was really hopeful that, because they teased in they, on day two with them being thrown out the building. I thought, well, maybe they'll get suspended now from the, all the interference. Maybe they'll piss off to Ring of Honor for three months where I won't have to watch them. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I can think they're <laughs> the
1: all in and doing an angle and getting yeah. booed out the building.
2: True, that crowd probably will react to it, won't they? Maybe that's the uh, end the goal
1: maybe maybe mm-hmm. ruining this indie dream card and all the rest of it and yeah then <laughs> having a go perhaps if i melt her in the crowd never go in
2: maybe maybe that's where it's all building yeah something with uh, harold may against dave Meltzer. i'd book that on all in that a draw that's uh, oh, all my. in two there you go semi-main harold event this is
0: joe cough at g1 supercard
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you seen joe Koff. yeah i'll oh, take I'll harold go. may to win that he's not getting a resting ring <laughs> Perhaps um, Carrie Silkin can wrestle for him. <laughs> there you go, that could I, work. I think yeah, the, the, the my feelings about a lot of the undercard is it
0: was about just setting up some stuff for the future. Mm. Which seemed to be primarily
2: yeah. well, Cody Sizzou. Pin and Juice, Buller club stuff. Yeah. Kind of yeah, that's that's all it's for, isn't
0: it? It was. And Cody Juice felt a bit weird kind of introducing that into the mix because like Juice has had enough losses in the tournament to kind of have a string of challenges. From a business perspective, it's never a bad thing to kind of go with, I don't know, Cody Juice at
1: Long Beach. Well, I, I, Juice I, is better than Cody. And how many years in is Cody? And how many years in is Juice? You know. Well, think of where Juice was. At, was it Wrestle Kingdom yeah. 10? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 11. 11.
0: And, and where um, and where he is now in the kind of match. I mean, it'd be an interesting kind of side-by-side com- side comparison to see how much he's improved. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you, yeah, Suzuki Naito, which was a weird one to go back to. Just because it didn't really work earlier on this year. They had a very disappointing match mm. between that when um, Nita got the IC title back. There was all the C block stuff. And I did think to myself, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. Like the idea, it's been, I've seen it kind of milled, uh, sort of brought up, and people have said it, they may end up doing it. But one of the things I think that was overtly mentioned was the idea of having a, a C block that starts before the G1 and have that one person get into the G1 and have it between primarily Young Lions and, oh, and the cool wrestlers idea. of the Hanare's yeah, and yeah, the Finlay's yeah. and if it ended up say replacing a Yoshi Hash, I'd put Yoshihashi in that so then there'd be some pressure on and give him something to do
1: like mm. that as well, I think they should do it with a newcomer every year, though. That would be quite a nice one. Oh to yeah, introduce them. Yeah, I think that's introduce really someone cool from all Japan. Well, after Dan McGee gets down the LA dojo, perhaps we'll see Dan <laughs> McGee. In, oh um, yes, in in their next year, we certainly yeah. won't be seeing Josh Bowden, So, <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if if it happens, we'll set JP on it, and JP, you can do a, a recurring podcast series uh, monitoring Uh-oh, the potential yeah. uh, candidates for the uh, the CBL.
0: Do you know something I was hoping for today and I knew it wasn't going to happen? I was I was still a bit disappointed it didn't happen. I, I thought to myself, it would be great for Kitamura to come out oh. on this show today. Did it happen? Did it fuck? Still <laughs> friends with him on Facebook, aren't you? I am friends with him on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Where he just likes lots of pictures of women in bikinis. Yeah. That's for his heads, huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Good to know. Uh, should we go through uh, some of these votes, uh, the polls that we've had on the Indy Corner account yes. then before we go? Y-
0: yeah, let's that do exists. that.
2: Uh, yes, so let's get into those uh, those polls. Uh, the listeners have voted. The followers of the dot com uh, and the followers of at theindycorner on Twitter have voted. Got lots of responses. Actually, I was quite impressed. Uh, put out a few questions on just the overall tournament, and uh, maybe we'll weigh in with uh, how we feel about how the final results go. But firstly, I asked people who the the MVP was of of this G one. Uh, Kota Ibushi got twenty percent of the vote. Hiroshi Tanahashi only got 6 Kenny Omega got 5%. And Tomohiro Ishii got 69%. That's out of a possible 142 yeah. votes. Is that any surprise at all? I think Ishii is probably my MVP. Uh, yeah. But I did think it would be a little bit closer than that.
0: I did. I think I think Ibushi, if you were going to go for anyone else, was possibly the only other option, mm. into including obviously the final in the match against Kenny as well, onto the match he, he already had. But Ishii was incredible as he always is it's not it's, it shouldn't be a surprise anymore every g1 yeah, this nutter guy absolutely turns up i mean for me he's one of those wrestlers who when he comes over here i do feel the need to just i want to see him mm. i'd love to see him work the cockpit for well, example you're seeing him friday mate. exactly
1: and i'm well happy about well, two days after the york all show on friday red in Southampton. Imagine if Ishii turns up in the place oh, where oh, I oh. received my winner's medal with my football team for Division Three under 15s <laughs> uh, champions in 2002 and Tomohiro Ishii suddenly there. That would be something I don't mm. think is going to happen. But yeah, I can't disagree with Ishii on any level. The man is in- insane. My big hope from here, I want to see Osprey and G1 one day. My God, imagine that. He yeah. would be the MVP before it starts.
2: Nailed that. And he'd kill himself to get there as well. That's the one thing uh, you could yeah. you could guarantee with him. Uh, next vote, I asked for match of the tournament. Uh, limited to the, four, the Twitter, giving you four options, but I did allow people to do write-ins if they had any. Um, 33% went with Abushi Omega. Surprisingly, only 1% went with Okada Tanahashi. That's of 150 people. Uh, Ibushi Tanahashi got 17%. And the winner was Ishii Omega with 49%. Bit of a surprise for me that I enjoyed that Ishii Omega match. But I kind of thought with the recency bias, Ibushi Tanahashi would do better. Or even Ibushi Omega would have done better there. Maybe going a bit against what we've thought.
1: Yeah, I I can't disagree with anyone who thinks that. I, I went for Ibushi Tanahashi on that. Um, but I can I get why people would go Ishii Omega. It's the mm. most different Omega match ever in terms of the style and him. You know, completely invested in Ishii's style as well. It's brutal. It's violent. There was blood. You don't see blood often. It stands out. It's very memorable. Um, I thought there was more emotion overall in the Ibushi Tanahashi match, so that's why I got my vote. Mm, definitely, yeah.
0: I went with Ishii Omega, but. I... All of the others are credible. It's not like it's not like any of these oh, options yeah. are bad. No one's dropped, are, are are they? they?
2: We're all talking yeah. we talking matches that we would if we didn't say five stars, you might say four and three quarter. That's like yeah, the...
0: This is like I'd go with Ishii Omega, but if you haven't seen any of those, watch all of them. It's like mm. the Ronaldo Messi question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Definitely. Uh, next, uh, a more negative result award. Uh, uh, I went with the most skippable performer of the G One. Again, mm-hmm. limited to the four Twitter options. I felt bad on you, Joe, that I couldn't in, uh, include uh, Switchblade Jay White here. Uh, nah, the considering... the
1: most skippable. most yeah. over mo- pushed and uh, <laughs> you know um, worst, worst actor. Him. I would yeah. say, yeah.
2: But bell to bell, yeah. he, he wasn't the worst, was he? And it's kind of like, I mean, I was. In putting this together, I mean, I was thinking so much about White, as I said earlier. I forgot Yoshihashi because he is maybe the definition of skippable, but the competition here uh, Tamatonga got 47% of the vote. Yeah, Yano got got 7%. Togi Makabe got 19%. Who are those
0: people? Sorry. (laughs) Just to, sorry, just to, who are those people? (laughs) Did they watch any of the Yano? But oh, I, sorry.
2: I, I included them for them people. There are some very, very sh- pe- people who are very passionate about their hater to why I wanted to include no them because I thought, if I don't, I'll get a lot of replies of people saying, why is Yano not on the ballet?
1: Nah, they've got no sense of humour and no understanding of it. <laughs> sorry yeah. those people if you listen.
2: Uh, no worries. Yeah, but it went the way I expected. Tamatonga, 47%, Bad Luck Falle 27%. Really, you could just say almost 80% for the for the Tongans in general, they probably could have been one category all their own. Uh, I don't think there's much to split those two. Uh, there definitely came a point in this G1. If you weren't doing a podcast or writing reviews, there was absolutely no reason to be watching either of those two men's matches.
0: Yeah, uh, and I would advise anyone who has missed any any of Tamatonga's matches, don't worry about it. You're, you're doing <laughs> fine. You'll happily live without ever having seen them.
2: 100 percent uh next a slightly more positive one I asked who stock rose most in this tournament um mm-hmm. michael elgin uh, i included there only got one percent of the vote i think the real despite the fact he had a great tournament uh, the real life issues to do plague him will be the reason yeah. behind that. Juice Robinson got 18%. Switch rate Jay White got 33%. So uh, the readers well, of the Indy Corner may be a bit more positive on him than we are, but Hangman Page in front on 47%. Can't really argue with that. And even with Jay White, even though I might not love everything they're doing with him, it's hard to say his stock hasn't risen.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, Hangman's has
0: to the point where you think at Ring of Honor need to be kind of really yeah. going with him in the next few, they should be thinking about what position he should be on the card when it comes to that G1 supercard. Bit of a slow burn though. Give him a yeah. big win on that show. Yeah. Give, it, give him a big win. Don't do it tomorrow, but yeah. like kind of they need, they could really have something with him on that. If they can get juice in for a few shows as well. Mm. Juice is a, is a good, show. He, I mean, he's one of the, the kind of wonderful stories of someone who took a massive risk did something that very few wrestlers do, were willing to go back to kind of basics and reinvent himself as a good wrestler and as a character that's true to him.
1: Yeah. And have you seen that Rev Pro have got Juice in Lemington Spa at the Cockpit? Oh, um, yeah. Osprey's on the Lemington show as well. I want to see Juice Osprey. That'd be great. Oh, that's
2: fantastic
1: yeah any excuse for me to bring Osprey up for the third time on this podcast?
2: <laughs> 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 we're just we're flying the flag for him aren't we we were just we want him in next year's g1 if it gave those yeah. paying attention then yeah that's the that's the main takeaway from this podcast um the final vote that i asked them was uh the question we just said is tanahashi omega the iwgp heavyweight title match on january 4th and we got yes got an overwhelming 58 percent. no and kenny loses the title got nine percent no tanner loses the briefcase got 23 percent, and 10 percent for something else entirely um that's higher than maybe i expected people thinking that mm-hmm. neither man is going to make it to january 4th i can't see that scenario happening but as we said before it does feel possible doesn't it that uh one at one or the other could uh could fall at some of these hurdles coming up
0: I suppose it's more likely this year than any other year, but it does depend to who Tanahashi would be defending against for that shot, which I'm assuming would be King of Pro Wrestling. Mm. And that's trying to think of who else they could be in place. It doesn't feel like, say, with the Okada story, that he should be he, that he should be in that place where he, he should be potentially being headlined. In the dome. That's anyway. something. That's a long form story, and, it, and I think it needs the time like i obviously i predicted Akada to win the tournament and the idea of him not being there i, I don't think I, I don't think he should be given the way that his character is and i don't think naito should be given the way that his character is so for me i would leave it as it is but
1: Akada could argue that he never pinned him yeah yeah. He's yeah winning the tournament so there could be a rematch in there between now and then yeah. as well so we'll see definitely
2: uh, yeah, so that, that's pretty much uh, it as far as the, the polling goes. Uh, there were, like I say, on, on some of those options, there a few write-in votes. Uh, poor Hiroki Goto got a couple of write-in votes, especially for the match of the tournament. Him and Ishi, which we almost, almost feels forgotten about, doesn't it, at this point? Because it happened a little while ago, but that was one that people said match of the tournament. I can't argue. Anyone who's coming up with that as a, a possibility, or really any EC match throughout the tournament, I can't argue. Um, I think there was just a lot of great stuff this year, and just yeah, a, a G one that was definitely memorable with lots and lots of high level stuff. And although it was hard work keeping up with it for this podcast, it's been very very rewarding as well. I've loved doing these shows with you guys, and I've I've loved watching her as well. It's never really been a chore, even if week three in the A block did get a little bit tough.
0: Yep, same here. Um, absolutely enjoyed it. I thought the pacing of the tournament was actually good. And that's something that in previous years has been a quite legitimate complaint. And I mean, you referenced it in, in some of the earlier shows about the old days where they would have the ten match blocks and they would they were hard going to get through. Um, whereas a lot of these, they felt like a breeze If you missed the undercard, you generally miss nothing But occasionally you'd have some kind of interesting stuff Leading, leading up there as well it, I don't know where this ranks And there'll be some interesting arguments on this About where this ranks in G1 history I think we all probably need a bit of time to decompress Before we reach really any conclusions on that Subjectively, it's probably as good as 2016, oh, 2017 yeah, just,
1: It's all a match of a match, isn't it? it? They're all It bright. really is <laughs>
0: I think there's, you know, the, like the one of the other complaints I've heard about this is maybe that when the bad matches have happened, they've not
1: just been say merely dull, but they've actually kind of made you annoyed. Um, but it's then again, me trying to pick my favourite Letizia goal, it's just impossible. There are so many great goals by the man. Like you know, I compare it to this. Every G one I've watched has been amazing. It's been different level. I've been completely fulfilled by it. I've been very happy with it the standard seems to rise year on year which is scary and I know Abushi's promo after the Omega match he said I can't remember the match I was thinking oh I hope you're selling there mate and I hope that's not true but at the same time I have G1's just great it's just fucking awesome we get to this point every year I feel fulfilled yeah
2: As JP said, it's and as as he put on our intro for these podcasts, it's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? Um, Yeah, and I expect we'll be back in this position again next year, doing these podcasts again because yeah, it's just there's nothing, there's no better season in wrestling. I think. I feel like this is always the, the period where maybe I go a little bit, uh, maybe not cold on New Japan, but it's hard to kind of, after such a just an amazing couple of months, now is a bit of the, a dime t- downtime for New Japan. Um, but yeah, we've got Wrestle Kingdom to come. All kinds of things can happen between now and then. And yeah, just been it's been incredibly rewarding. So uh, again, I just want to thank you guys for, for doing this show with me and for uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been you, a whole Benno. lot of fun.
1: Awesome. No, thank you. You're the uh, man who makes things happen, Benno. You're the... Uh... You're the workhorse of this trio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we all put equal work in. those. In, those, In I've got to give that extra credit to JP for those intros that you've been doing for these shows as well. That one of oh. uh, of you, Joe, and the, the Jay White, uh, the, 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 the compilation of your comments on Jay White was just something spectacular.
1: Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Troll, good bit of trolling. good stuff i get jp constantly so he kind of he kind of owed me a few there to be honest with you
2: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely uh so yeah uh, we'll uh, that pretty much brings us to the end for our g1 coverage uh Not really the end for us as far as podcasting goes. There's Summer Sizzler coming up on Friday. We talked about Mm -hmm. it a couple of times. We're going to see Ishii on the back end of this G1. If uh, any of our listeners do see us there, do come over and and say hello. We'll uh, hopefully have a spotlight out in the coming days as well. Um, And Also, just keep an eye on the Indie Corner feed for any other podcasts uh, and any other stuff that we put out uh, after we have a a long lie down uh, after this Mm. uh, extended G1 run. Uh, I just want to also say thanks to Luke Hickey who's been doing the Indy Corners G1 reports on the website, he's been doing fantastic work so shout out to him and also shout out to the, the guys on Furious who's been putting stuff on his website, BackBodyDrop.com who've uh, been doing an incredible job and Voices of Wrestling and uh, my other website Post Wrestling who have been who did the Pickhams as well uh, it's been really great to see the the amount of coverage of this G1 this year and the amount of places you can go for, for great opinion analysis and for things like the Pickhams that are really hit this uh this g1 uh, kept it interested and kept uh me even an extra level of uh, paying attention to detail to who's winning those block matches so yeah awesome work from everyone involved there so yeah, we'll uh, leave it there for now we'll catch you again soon Here comes a new revolution